Okay. I'm number six, and this is The New Prisoners. And we have with us tonight Lisa Belanger, TMP contributor, and our special guests, Jessica Priya and Sarah. So, folks, um, about myself, I have been to Hawaii. I've only been to the wonderful island of Oahu in my time. However, um, my experience there with my good friend John Henry, if that hadn't happened, I definitely wouldn't have been sitting here today. Um, throughout that time uh, in doing this show, uh, John Henry and I came across a, a new friend, Jessica Priya, who at the time was battling everything going on with COVID. And we were not only brothers in arms then because of our love of the, the state of Hawaii, which at the time John Henry also lived in and went through a lot of the same experiences, but also because of wanting to reach out and create a community where people could actually do something about the problems that we're experiencing right in our face every day. I don't get to talk to many people on the ground that are doing something about things. I get to talk to a lot of people that talk about things and in the intellectual area and other ways of entertainment and things. That's fine. And I love those people. But Jessica, you, my friend, you've gotten a chance to not only share stages with people like BJ Penn in front of school boards about masking. Um, you've run for what state Senate. I ran for state representative. State representative. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, you've, you've reached out and you've done what you can within the system to try and make things right. But also you rely on a community outside of that system too. Um, that's something that a lot of people that I've talked to recently are advocates of is that we shouldn't rely as much on the government that we shouldn't rely on these gigantic entities and other things that are tied to it in all these crazy ways. And when things like this happen, that we step up as people in our communities and have ways and means to help one another. How does that fit into your experience here? Where has the government and the people sort of clashed in this scenario? Well, this one, I, I sometimes I do a smile because I feel such at dis-ease that it's, you almost don't even know how to kind of respond to certain questions because you have such disgust, anger, sadness, so many emotions. I kind of give a, a little bit of a smile in the sense of it's horrible. It's a complete difference. It's all about the people. There's no one coming to save you. There's no government. It is the people. And on these islands, it has been quite clear after a week now, we're on day eight. Um, it is absolutely 100% the people on the ground, ground zero, getting things in the outer islands, helping out, getting boats, getting jet skis, getting airplanes, you name it. And then on top of it, through the red tape. So it's, it's almost a battle of the, with the government all over again, showing the corruption, showing the negligence, the lack of being prepared, the lies saying that they did not know. Um, so many measures could have helped prevent so many things. 
And it's the people who basically are on Maui and outer islands getting things in and working together like true family, true Ohana out here. Um, and that's why I'm so grateful that Sarah's on right now because she is just another human being who is helping out on the ground, helping reveal the truth and is based in Kihei and Maui. And we're connecting throughout our old crew, if you will. It's almost mm-hmm. like... Um, this is now just united us all over again. We never stopped doing the work. I want to put that out there, though. We're all doing things for the community. We never stopped. Um, we never stopped trying to hold our corruption and our government here, especially in Hawaii, how it is so corrupt. And we've said this so many times. We are the most corrupt state. There's no getting around it. But if this doesn't show the red flags and not only show how the people of these islands know how to unite and rally for the people despite what the government says, despite the red lines, despite everything and getting things into the people and helping the community. I'm telling you right now, we have so many people who are reporting and you can't listen to mainstream media. That's why we're here right now too, is because truthfully, social media is the news right now. It's the only way that we're getting certain intel and then to connect with those people to get them their resources. it's, it's been incredibly difficult and especially dealing with the government. Uh, the lack of accountability is just outstanding. So Sarah, I don't know if you saw just literally not that long ago, but the police fire chief coming on and making his statement saying, oh no, no regrets that the alarms didn't go off. My heart, like I'm still processing that. Um, And when you have such a big heart, it's one of those things that like those lies that get spewed just are the most devastating to everyone who knows the truth. And that's why we're here is to help reveal more of the truth. And hopefully people will share the truth and expose it uh, because that's all we can do at this point. Um, We need more exposure. We need mainstream. We need everyone, all these influencers, anyone on any platform. It doesn't even matter if you get one like or two share the content it's just been devastating well one thing i wanted to bring up too is that when you mentioned there like the police not was it the fire chief uh, uh did you mention? the police chief uh, the it police was the chief. head of the emergency it was the head of the what was his name again sarah do you know it was the i'm not of sure if his name off the top of my head because it's the first yeah. time i've seen him but yeah he's yeah. the he's the one in charge of mima i believe it is the acronym it's like the maui version of fema um emergency management agency or something of that there you go when, when somebody answers sort of in a political manner like that that they hold no regrets lisa isn't that because of the the liability and sort of any admission at this point too like, I, I see a lot of these organizations not wanting to take, I mean, any responsibility for something as heinous as this. Um, you know, I, Lisa, where would you go with that? Like, if, if somebody said a statement like that? Oh, you know, that's playbook tripling down. I mean, they, you know, no souls because really at all costs, they will never, ever admit no matter what. Um, and it goes to more than just about, you know, you know, I mean, you're right, sex. I mean, it is about the, you know, that they're concerned about their liability. Uh, so, I mean, it's playbook. 
Well, and it ties into what a lesson that we just learned from COVID is that people get immunity in these emergency situations, right? Mm -hmm. So that the people that acted and may have acted even stupidly, even acted irresponsibly or negligently, that perhaps that they're shielded by some sort of immunity because of the way that our system is set up to protect these people in these emergency situations, that they can make the most horrible decisions ever, maybe even ones that were planned, who knows? But when it comes down to it, we were talking, Lisa, a little bit off air about the, just the protocols. Look at, look at the emergency protocols and what was in place here. The technology that we have these days and the immediate response and what was actually done and what was implemented. Like, where can we find and what have we seen? And Sarah, maybe you can speak to this more. What have you seen that's like a direct sort of red flag to you that something wasn't done right here? Um, you know, so many things, honestly, incident after incident after incident from the morning that it began. And for me, the biggest red flag is the fact that they don't want to come forward and speak with anyone about any of these things. And now we're going on over a week, which now we, we have all these international reporters here, reporters from around the nation. And you know, day one, they're hearing so many stories, like a lot of us, and it's natural to be skeptical when you hear all of these discrepancies piled on. You, you, there's no way this could all be possible. Now these reporters seem quite invested themselves because they've been here, some of them going on a week almost now, and they're sitting in on all of these press conferences, and they themselves are going throughout the community and speaking with people from Lahaina to Kula to Kihei and the stories are all matching one another and now these reporters themselves are getting irritated and frustrated and you know it's it's a little bit validating for us because we you start to feel a little bit crazy after days and days of being gaslit and told that if you, you know, question things, then you're, you don't have aloha, or you're not being supportive. And all of these measures are just to stop us from getting to the truth, ultimately. Wow, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you where I heard that one before, but it seems like, yeah, it seems familiar as a rhyme to it. Um, no, I mean, I, I hear you on that. And for the audience, uh, Sarah, too, uh, do you mind? I mean, being from that area, what can you share with the audience just about your experience there and things that you've heard from from people that you know of or maybe you've even seen yourself from that area? I'm not sure of your experience this year. Yeah, so my experience, I mean, all of this started early in the morning on Tuesday. So like the middle of the night, Monday, is when the fires in Kula kicked up, which is up country, up on Haleakala um, Mountain. And... So for all of us across the island, that particular day, Tuesday, was just utter chaos. And I'm just now having time in the last day or so to call friends and sit with friends and sort of try to recap that day and the Monday prior, which would be the 7th. Um, because so much has gone on since then, we've been nonstop. Uh, we woke up Wednesday morning. Well, we found we're starting, we're hearing rumors Tuesday evening that Lahaina is on fire. And 
I mean, that can mean so many things. We're not. Um, and where, where were you at at the time, if you don't mind? I was in Kihei, which is like south central Maui. So the west side is pretty isolated. They're not on a nine mile out stretch sort of from the main parts of town where I live. And um, there's one road that wraps all the way around. So the typical way you would get there is from where I live. And the backside, Kahakaloa, is a very, it's one of the most dangerous roads on all of Maui. Uh, it's, a, it's supposed to be a two lane, but it looks like a one lane and there's no guardrails or anything like that. So we we try to shy people away from even using that road if you don't live on that backside. It's really for locals who live back there. Um, so it's isolated over there in West Maui and that's been a concern for a very long time. Uh, I did not grow up on Maui personally, I but I've been lucky enough to have many friends that are born and raised here and so a lot of these issues that we're dealing with now, they're not new. I know that they actually, when they were young, their parents were dealing with these same issues, whether it's education, lack of public services, all of these things. So the people on the West side have been crying for a major fire station for a very long time. They also don't have a hospital over there. So we've always had these fears that if something of this magnet, or you can never imagine this magnitude, but if an incident large like this happened, we, we would be in such danger. Um, people die almost every day trying to get from the west side just to our hospital, Maui Memorial, in town. Um, so that day was very hectic. Then, you know, we can't even really focus on Lahaina that evening because as you're sort of being told and hearing these weird rumors that Lahaina's on fire, no one over there has service. So they're sort of cut off and you're not hearing from anyone over there. Whereas if there had been service, we would be getting these things immediately. Everybody on the island would, and we'd be much more aware of what was going on. But while that was happening, we had a fire burning up country that was getting worse and had been burning all day. And it actually, the wind shifted and it started to move down to where I live in Kihei. So I came out of a meeting that evening, probably around 7.15 p.m. And out on the balcony, I looked over the tree line and I couldn't believe it. It was all red glow and it looked like it was coming straight at Kihei. No, no emergency notices or anything at that point. I tried to check the news. There was nothing on there. Um, and again, this is typical because there was two other emergencies happening on the island. So that again is another testament to the lack of preparation because now we have all these people on the south side being left out and they did end up putting out some evacuations very late in the evening for a further part south which honestly just created more chaos the fire was closer to my house i spent all night walking up every 20 minutes to check it to make sure it didn't breach the ridge um, so that my house was safe because I knew that nobody was watching it because the firemen were all busy. Nothing was coming up online. Um, so just And this is just to sort of add to kind of the mad chaos that was going on those two days with everybody. And um, it's why we're sort of just now trying to put together these pieces and remember the day before, how the sky looked, if things were off. Um, and ever since Wednesday when we woke up and heard what had happened to Lahaina. I mean, it was so surreal. I have friends, grown men that needed to get in there right away. They have family over there. They have friends over there, people that wanted to check. And 
you know, everything's locked down. You can't really get answers. I had a friend who tried to go over twice. Um, he was denied by the police. So he, you know, they, people had to go obtain personal convoys in order to get through, which now you're having another person put their job perhaps at jeopardy because they're trying to do the right thing. That's all they're trying to make happen. And um, we were, we had to resort to getting boats, using our own boats. Um, a lot of boats burned in the harbor. So I have a couple of friends that lost boats um, in Lahaina. And uh, we used our own money to put diesel in the boats and to load them up and get supplies. And we're just like, we're going over there. I think Thursday morning, we just started, I went down to Ma'alaya Harbor and there was other people with the same exact idea. And um, we just all worked together. It didn't matter who brought the supplies or where they came from or whose boats was whose. We just loading it all up, chain gang line, just trying to help out. Um, Were these people that you knew before? Or were these just people there with fellow, you know, just fellow Mauians, um, yeah. mostly just fellow Mauians and the way it works right on a small wow. island, you end up seeing someone, oh, hey, oh, hey. But it was just it was that instinctual just like bond. We're going to band together and we're going to save our people. No one even really thought about it. It wasn't even something we had to outwardly discuss. It just happened. And that goes along with the mobilization of the out outer islands where Jess is on Oahu, her, her team, our friends, we had already had these relationships established and we just went right to work. Well, and Jessica, what was your experience about hearing about this go on and, and getting so, involved in the efforts? Yeah, it was really hard for me because I actually had to work. Um, and I had two shifts scheduled that were very long shifts with like maybe a one hour break in between and, I'm trying to explain to this family that I'm caregiving for their cerebral palsy son, but they're visiting and they're at Aulani and I'm assisting them. And it was like, it's hard to process when you're working 12 hours and then trying to like help the community. So it took me two days to really, really like let it sink in because again, you're just hearing so much. And my goal is always just get, help get information immediately out who's doing what who do i need to connect to um my biggest like calling has always been more of a conduit how can I, how can i connect certain people offer my home up um the cheap flights that southwest dropped unfortunately not completely free but i was like hey um, we got people to donate money if you need to come stay with us on oahu um if you don't if you're stuck that was the other thing because some people live in Lahaina and we're outer island and stuck because they don't want to go back when there's no electricity, no water. They have no knowledge of anything. So um, I had a situation at my house. I'm, I'm just trying to help as many people as possible and connect them to the right people, whatever you can do. It was incredibly overwhelming and it's really hard when life has to kind of still continue. And that's where my heart goes out to the people of Maui who still are mourning and dealing with everything and then having to still go to work though to make an income because it's it's not easy it's not easy living on the islands and it's like you almost feel like you're like i've heard the comments before and it is true you feel like a robot you're going through the motions and just trying to get information out and it gets very overwhelming because you know i love everyone who sends me information everything but it's like i feel like i'm reliving COVID times of the amount of messages the amount of need for help the the dire stuff that's going on 
and just so much content that you're trying to filter in right now my thought process is unless it is an emergency unless you are a family in need of help unless this is something to help warn families about how to prep them um or who to connect with to get certain resources to key people because we're we're also concerned with um the donations who's donating to what, where exactly is it going to? We want people to be held accountable for that stuff. We've seen yes. this in the past with any type Whoa. of emergencies where people prey off um, these donations and we don't want that. So again, we're trusting in our community that we, you know, I would trust my life with and um, that I know that it's gonna be going directly to keep people and families. I mean, we're grateful on Oahu. We have so many people who live here that are born and raised from Maui and getting it straight into those harbors, those areas. And, mm -hmm. you know, FEMA and American Red Cross are nowhere to be found delivering anything. So if you're donating to them, um, they, I believe FEMA had um, set up three shelters on Maui. Now, what people don't understand is to get to these shelters, you need gas money, you need to walk a distance. So there was people who were just camped out on the side of the roads. There are people still camped out and they're telling them, oh, you need to get to a safe place and get into these shelters. It, that's it's just it blows my mind trying to tell people to relocate after they're like basically created their neighborhood community on the streets of just being survivors and having them in one car just shift a whole group of people with a whole bunch of supplies to get to one other location where they're not going to be comfortable where they don't trust anyone um there's and I, just today i was getting reports that again we still don't even have military we have no uh I, what surprises me is after day seven, you would think that helicopters would be dropping in supplies. They would be doing more efforts than that. I've been, I got military personnel basically saying that they are ready to go, but they're waiting for the word. So what does that mean? Biden has to give the okay, because that's what they're waiting for, which Josh Green, our governor, will go on the record and state, oh, well, he, he came... Biden came through immediately. It only took six hours. And we got all this funding. Where is it? Where is it? Where are you? What's going on? They're doing their photo ops. They're walking through the areas. With they his little not. stethoscope on. Oh, yeah, because they always have to mention, too, in all the news segments, well, he's a doctor. Oh, he, yeah. He really made a lot he, of great calls during the past several years, too, right? Oh, yeah. No. I mean, he's he is a product of... Um, deep state and essentially he has sold his soul and this is a prime example as he's now going on the record talking about the children oh yes we have to report about the children it is true of course it's true that children died many died the 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 release of the amount of deaths is probably one of the most frustrating because I'm hearing also that they don't have um, the Coast Guard actually going out in the waters as much as they have the lifeguard personnel going out into the waters. Now, people need to understand that because there was no um, sirens and alert, some people got engulfed so quickly and got in their cars. And when that air filtration goes on, your car can actually stop working if it is taking in all that smoke. And essentially, these people fled to the ocean and were out there for hours and hours. Families, you name it, people with children, elderly, pets, 
um, and just waiting for it to die down. Not to mention the fact that we there was water that got shut off. That's a proven fact too. We got intel early on and we couldn't talk about too much because so many people try and label you so many different things until it comes out. And now even we have Civil Beat, a news source out here that's even, you know, just reiterating the fact they've known that this was a risk for a forest, like a basically a wildfire. They've known about this. I believe it even tracks back 20 years, but even just 10 years ago, they did a whole thing on this. Um, for them to say that they didn't know is a lie. For them to say that they couldn't have put off the sirens, that's a lie. And for them to be proud of it or not have any remorse for not giving any type of warning that's exactly what those sirens are there for. They go off every first, like, I think it's every first of the month and they go off. We have one of the best siren systems in the entire country, actually, for alerts and warnings. So mm -hmm. their excuse saying that um, Makaside is not as alert, which is mountainside, and that most of it's Makai side, which is the ocean side, that's, that's again, not true. They could have set the alarms and you'll see Josh Green, who's our governor of state on the record say, we don't know why they failed. We don't know why they failed. We still, it's too early, we need to investigate it. And then today we have the person who's in charge of the emergency say, oh, we have no regrets not setting it off. So what is the truth? Mm -hmm. the, I mean, it hurts the people so much when we're all just trying to help one another. And I think, all the distractions and everything else. We appreciate everyone who wants to get the information out there, but what we really need to get out there is the pure corruption, the negligence, and um, just these officials lying through their teeth and painting a story for the media to relay, to paint a certain picture and start listening to the people on the ground and hearing the truth and getting the supplies that are actually needed and understanding that please don't donate to FEMA. Don't trust in FEMA. We're worried about land grabs right now. I'm, we're all thinking like we all have our skill sets. Um, some people are getting the supplies and have those connections. My brain right now is also going to how to protect the people for not signing over their land because they're hurting because we have, you know, our governor basically stating that he's this, the state's going to be taking Lahaina and they're probably going to try and build new lands everywhere else. And there's some, I think people need to understand the history. And I did write this down because I did not want to forget, but a prime example was in 1960 with the tsunami on Big Island. Um, this, the survivors were basically told almost all the same things. And they were told that the, it was unsafe, that they could not rebuild there. And what did they wind up doing? They basically land grabbed it, built a huge hotel and a golf course in the future. And so there's a lot of um, inside scoop on that. And I am not going to go into details of the cause of the fire or anything like that. But I do believe deep down in my soul, they let it burn. Um, that was the only way to make certain power moves. I could be wrong. But from what I'm hearing, even from the firefighters, there's like at least 11 of 13 firefighters that even had lost their like houses in Lahaina as well. Um, someone made a call to reroute from Lahaina to Kula. And that is coming from a firefighter directly. 
And then on top of it running out of water, they also did not have foam. And the foam apparently helps um, alleviate fire very rapidly, better than the water. They had none of that. So the well, negligence- I have something to say about that too. Yeah, the amount of the uh, Tesla and other electric vehicle batteries that could have been in that general area. Um, you don't put those things out with just regular water, folks. In fact, that I believe that makes it worse. Um, my idea months ago on this show was that what if something cat catastrophic happened in an area filled with those types of vehicles? What type of environmental impact does that have? But also how that's a they're deeming this area now, Jessica, a biological event because like when you go there, it's the burned. It's not just burned homes and things the chemicals and everything else that's in that air too it's it's been explained to me that 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 type of air will just choke you um, and send you to your knees almost immediately especially if you're not accustomed to breathing any any t sort of smoke so just like we're, we're talking about in a ridiculous disaster area here to deal with like the the type of equipment the type of uh, approach that you need to have to towards cleaning up these materials and lord knows what you're encountering there plus like uh, i mean my initial thing just to go into some of the stories that we've heard um and, and bringing these up to you guys while we while we have you here to verify certain things like uh let me share this real quick um i'm going to use a screen share type of thing that i can do here and sarah thank you very much for submitting those articles too i'm going to attach them to what i call my source list which is uh available on substack i put the link in the uh, description here of this video for everybody it's in our liberty links but then also i believe i popped it in the rumble chat there for everybody too that's listening right now but yeah let me go to um this from the daily mail and just like when i first started getting information from listeners about what was happening here this is one of the first ones that i saw and for me it it, it stuck with me because uh, people clashing with police uh, where they were restricted where the only road um, into this into this city uh, and then having it open and then close again, like just like have things like sort of out of whack. There's 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 boats going on like you folks have, uh, have described and everything um, hospital, you know, I'm sorry, hospice workers are being deployed. Um, and this is early on, folks. So this death toll is unfortunately way, way low from what we're looking at right now. Um, yeah, I believe today the reports were definitely closer to 96, but um, from the ground, we're hearing at least 1,300 or 1,000 are still missing, and we believe the death tolls can be closer to 1,000 for sure. Now, the way that they have things described, like you talked about the, the chief and their statement, um, when it says here in this bullet point that the police reopened the road to Lahaina on Friday at noon, but by 5 p.m. were forced to close it after people became what they quote emotional and disobeyed orders. Now, to put this into some sort of context, right, and without being too gross about it, we're talking about people that are separated from their kids in their homes that have burned while they were at work, from what I've heard. And you have a policeman standing in front of them. Like this is this is the Milgram experiment. This is the Stanford prison experiment. These are the other things that the horrible parts of human nature where I can't imagine being the person in that shoes because I'd be waving people on. Like go if you want to go. 
who are you to stand in front of somebody and tell them that they can't go to get their kid? And here we it's go just, again with the following orders. Oh, <laughs> it's so rough for me to describe them as emotional. I don't even know what emotion even applies there. I don't even know what sanity applies in this sort of environment. But it says that 100 people began rioting when they were told that they could not access certain areas of the town. Well, I, I wonder why Daily Mail. Like when you talk about even like international news, the way that this is going to be looked at, the history of this. That's why I'm, I, we're very blessed to have you folks here because you can tell people, I'll switch back to the panel for this, but you can tell people like what was actually going on. Like you probably know people that were there trying to fight this. You probably know people that were there trying to get to their families. Like not what these news outlets are trying to push and whatever type of who, whatever advertises them or whatever type of algorithm that this favors or even whatever type of political angle that they're going to play on this. Like that stuff disgusts me right now because these bodies, have, they're, they're still identifying bodies here. And this is being managed by somebody too, which, you know, coincidence or not how in the hell <laughs> right of all the coincidences do you get this folks where the guy that was in charge of the response to the las vegas shooting and thank you again for my cr friend chris grace for bringing this up in the chat again um that yes he he was responsible during this time uh, the maui wildfires top cop it says right here was vegas shooter incident commander now i'm going to go back to this previous article because i just want to point something out that i i guess i thought was kind of funny because i have a sick sense of humor was that um he was also um when he was part of the las vegas uh, metropolitan police department and commander of the major violator and narcotics bureau you know what sometimes they nail it with the the title guys you know when you want somebody to violate your rights you know in the stupid drug war why not just call it that? He's a major violator. Wonderful. Um, but no, I, I just, I kid. But then um, when you look at this too, I've noticed something with these things. Check this out. Let me do a little control F for you. And just type in a word like mm, stakeholder. Because, I mean, I don't know how many times in your verbiage, your, your, uh, whatever you got going on there for choice of words is... Uh, where you pop in stakeholder like this, but it says Captain uh, Pelletier ex experienced a challenging crisis context to lead through, you don't say, uh, following the October 1st shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada, and said he was able to navigate the uncertainty of the crisis, coordinate and collaborate with key stakeholders during the crisis, and take action. Now, if I switch back to the previous article, which is from 2021, and I do the same thing, type in stakeholder oh there you go it says here this is uh from somebody last name Durego. Uh, a plan is a plan it can go right or wrong a wonderful statement but it's a path forward too oh really being really being descriptive there it's a way to taking an assessment getting the stakeholders involved looking at your operations not only internally but externally i just love the fact that that keeps popping up because when i think a stakeholder uh, capitalism, I think of things like people, mm, let's say, buying up Hawaii. A uh, little fun fact here from last year, um, 2022, those of you who have lost track at this point because the world is so crazy. Um, who owns Maui, it says? 
Well, it says after the state of Hawaii, who owns about 154,000 acres on Maui, Alexander and Baldwin is the second largest landowner at over 65,000 acres, and the U.S. government is the third largest landowner owner at over 33,000 acres. Well, guess what? There's been a little shakeup in the ownership then because Oprah Winfrey got herself 870 of those acres in Maui for 6.6. I wonder if that was a coincidence million. Um, well, that was quite the bargain. Yeah. yeah. You don't say. <laughs> um, just to go back to the panel to get some statements on, on this, like when you talk about influence there, like not just government, but I got plenty of libertarian friends that would probably be on the side of defending somebody like Oprah purchasing 870 acres of land in a place where you own more than the government and everything. I mean, I'm not to say that I'm on the side or favor of the government owning the, the, the state or part of the state of Hawaii there. Um, but doesn't that give you a lot of unjust influence if you're a stakeholder like that? Doesn't that direct a lot of things? Doesn't it direct politics? Doesn't that direct even resources? Like how much energy, how much carbon, how much whatever does it take? How, how many um, agricultural workers at whatever ungodly wage uh, would were even work on a place with 870 acres that somebody like Oprah would own? That also lives in California with a place that's much less in acres. You go to a smaller place like Maui and you buy more? How does that work? Does the article state who she bought it from, by the way? Um, I, I, be I believe it goes into that says, yes. Um, do, 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 do. But because some parcels. That, that, that on a ranch, I believe. Yeah. Sounds like a dirt cheap price to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good price. You're right. I mean, I mean that's dirt cheap. No pun intended. Um, let me switch back to the screen share so folks that are watching can see this. And I'm going to try and zoom in the best that I can. But um, for those of you that live there, can you do an old East Coast boy a favor and maybe pronounce some of these things? Um, <laughs> what's the name of this ranch? <laughs> can you all see that? <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit more. Let me, let me come in a little closer on it. I'll even highlighted for you. Oh, Ulu Palakua. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I would I may have fallen out of my chair. I don't even know. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, so I mean it, what we talk about here a lot on the new prisoners is that something like you can get into some of the crazier conspiracy theories, right? That are all associated with this right now. And we're not I'm not really here for that tonight. Sorry, folks. Let's talk about like stuff that's just like plain old type of corruption. These types of folks that are into the ESG scores, that are into things like, you know, IDing people and universal basic income and all the other futurist stuff that I'm not really a big fan of. Um, when they talk about ESG, just for people that aren't familiar with it, um, environmental, social, and governmental. How much impact does somebody like Oprah, the island of Maui, have on the environment, the society around her, and the government around her? How much influence really exists with somebody that can purchase that much? Because uh, did anyone ever sit you down, Sarah, and be like, man, when you grow up to be a big kid, you know, you get a good job, you'll be able to buy yourself like 870 acres, <laughs> right? 
That's what we were all told, weren't we? Yeah, that's what we're all told. American dream, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Bohemian Grove in Hawaii. Well, hey, there could be that too. But I mean, when you talk about people that have the influence and steer people into supporting organizations, supporting political candidates, supporting even, you know, the potential land grabs uh, that, that go with this, wouldn't it be the people that have benefited from similar things in the past? (laughs) <laughs> couldn't yeah. it be the people that hold the most Couldn't it be the in the hands of the few i mean I hate to give that up to uh certain political points but yeah it, it does really fall into that i mean we've found in what i call it here on the show is the global corporatist oligarchy and uh the players at hand here anywhere from the military which you know you've had some groundwater issues there in hawaii right um you've had some other issues with uh going way back to annexation so um there's there's a lot to talk about whenever it comes to who has rights to the land who has rights to the uh, what's going on with the environment but also the water like if you're an owner of 870 acres and you have that much pull like oprah right you are oprah (laughs) um are you getting water before other people do and how many other people do you displace with the amount of water that you consume? I mean, you're on an island. Mm-hmm. This, this is a perfect, perfect. And Jessica, you and I have talked about this before. This is a perfect test market for a future idea. When you Absolutely. talked about just the grind and how hard it is to even get through life with working, to afford to be able to live in places like that. We got friends that live on the West Coast. They'll tell you the same thing. And in other major cities all around America right now, you know, the ones they want to turn into 15 minute cities. So yeah, we're, we're I put com- also in the chat just real quick, um, yeah. a link to certain uh, reliable sources and some intel on AI, the idea of smart city in Lahaina, um, the, these goals that they have, these contracts from back in January. Um, it's it's very very disturbing but those influencers those people who are the landowners those people are making those decisions absolutely they play a role and who do they fund and who are the people in politics that they fund and these contractors um even just today there's someone coming out that was in a meeting with josh green and multiple other people and the contractors and they're already just talking about rebuilding all these houses that are not going to be in Lahaina to house people. Well, what is going to be the grab then happening in Lahaina? And it's, it's beyond disturbing seeing our elders cry in front of people, grown men crying and just saying, we cannot let this happen. We just cannot let this happen. And that is why it's so important that we share the truth, share what's happening, share as much knowledge, and please talk to the people on the ground. Look at Lahaina Strong hashtags, look at Maui, look at the people who are there. There are key people who are on the ground articulating themselves so well and sharing exact truth in what's happening. And that's why I'm grateful because Sarah did a live with Bingo and sharing certain intel and you talked about the corruption of like the police. It goes way deeper than people even understand. 
in Maui specifically. And Sarah, I don't know if you want to touch on that because in all reality, like when we really want to talk about what's going down and why these people are denying locals inside, they do not care if it's smoke, if it's not safe, let them save their own people. And the biggest thing out here was how can you stop people from wanting to help? That was the craziest part. And that is why no matter what, they found ways in. And we need to start talking, though, about why the police chief and why certain police are more corrupt now more than ever, even before. It's my understanding that they even stop people from leaving. Okay, I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. Can someone yes. explain that to me? Because uh, I'm, I'm just not, it's not. Sarah, <laughs> do you want to touch on that one? Um, you know, and I... This is what makes a lot of this so hard is that we're not getting answers um, coming directly from the state or the county. So that's going to be Governor Green or Mayor Bisson, because I do want to make a point to say that as far as the county workers, they've lost homes too. They've lost family and they have to show up and go back to work. Same with the police officers, same with the firemen. So 99% of these people are incredible human beings. They wanna do the right thing. They're in just as much shock as the rest of us, but on top of that, they have to continue to go to work every day. So I just do wanna be very mindful when we are critiquing, you know, my issues here are specifically with the heads of these departments because that is their role. If you can't take on the heat of being at the head of the department, then you shouldn't be in that position. Um, so, I mean, yes, we've gotten so many reports that at one end of Front Street, there was a cop blocking the road, turning people around. And at the other end of Front Street, there is an officer blocking the road because there had been power lines down. So, you know, of course, first off, you want to protect from the power lines. But when you see a raging fire that people are running from, then you apply logic in a situation. And I know people that survived solely because they disobeyed the cop's order and mounted the curb and drove around them and saved their own life. Um, people were stopped. It's true. The front street, that's why you see the cars in the manner in which they are. It's because both ends were sort of jammed up there. Um, there's a testimony of a man who walked essentially the entire length of that road, confused while he's walking because he's like noticing these cars aren't moving, these cars aren't moving. And he wants to do something about it, but at the same time you're fleeing for your life, you know, and you can barely think. Uh, but now, I think that's what's more happening now is these days as the shock sort of starts to wear off and I was in shock myself, and I wasn't even in Lahaina when this took place, um, truly, up until a couple days ago. And so others are just coming out of this. A lot of people in Lahaina still have had zero um, internet service whatsoever. So they haven't seen the horrific, tragic videos that the world at this point has seen. A lot of them haven't even witnessed what Lahaina Town looks like. Um, so to that point, a lot of people now are starting to relive those things and those memories are coming back. And we're all sort of asking, what in the world happened? How do we 
keep kids home from school because it's so windy, but claim a fire is 100% contained when it's so windy, leave, you know, go to Kula. Then when we have a fire, it surges again, we have no sirens going off, no emergency notifications going to people's cell phones. We're blocking both exits. I mean, the last notice that went out, aside from three very specific little neighborhoods, it, it told people of Lahaina to shelter in place. Um, so it, it's hard. We're... And can, can you please uh, help me understand about the um, water situation? Uh, that, because I'm hearing conflicting reports exactly that there was no water to be yeah, I posted that article there in our comments, um, which talks about, because we do have a quite a complicated water system here, and um, basically they were running out and they need to ask permission from the state to divert more water um, in order for us to access it. And they, essentially they're claiming that they didn't get a response quick enough, so they just had no water. And, and that's supposed to be enough for us is another just frustrating thing. And like the gentleman said today, we're supposed to just accept that he gets up there and lies. He lied because he calls it a tsunami um, warning system. And of course it's for tsunamis, but it's not just for tsunamis. And on their on the Maui County website, it's very clear that it's not just for tsunamis. I Right now I'm looking at County of Maui outdoor warning siren testing. It says right on it, all hazard statewide outdoor warning siren system. So that's a blatant lie because they you know this information. Yeah, can, yeah I'll, I will do that for sure. Yeah. So it's just so, and, and you know, and they just want to blame the public. Oh, the public's causing a riot. We have to close it down. The public couldn't wait in line. We have to shut it down. You all had to get in line at 6 a.m. It's so callous. Um, to be saying to these people, like you mentioned, who are just trying to get home, maybe they've been separated from their family, they haven't seen them, they don't know if they're alive, they haven't seen their home. It's very, it's a human instinct to rush to help. Well, and, and also, like, what you mentioned before, too, uh, sort of it being a, a perfect storm of sorts with communication. Um, the fact that we have so much that's disputed and everything and like these and even like you mentioned Sarah before like just being in the shock of the moment itself like mm -hmm. I have I have friends that study the the JFK assassination you know you're talking about eyewitness accounts and things like that of something horrifying like that happening in person you know people can't remember certain things I mean uh, we we have uh, I mean in our brains the ability to sort of live through some of the most traumatic things, but how each of us remembers them afterwards and goes back and reinterprets them even can vary a lot. Um, that's something that's really interesting to me because like if we're looking to go back into history and try and verify things by what people just remember, it's really hard. It's really hard. And then especially if you've experienced something traumatic, like mm -hmm. even not being like directly in that fire, like but being that close to it, and having that much emotion tied in with the people that you know that are in that situation is enough to really jar you in a way. Um, you know, for us here on the mainland that are watching these stories, like we get everything through the media drip anyways, but the things that are coming out 
of Hawaii like this and others. Um, you know, we're we're trying to preserve things for posterity here at TNP. Uh, we want to get people's eyewitness accounts. We want to get people's, you know, firsthand accounts and everything. Because in my opinion, this is where the future is going whenever it comes to history. That it's just going to be an AI algorithm. It's not even going to be some idiot going up to a podium. It's going to be like an avatar going to a podium, okay? It's going to be something where we're being fed um, some sort of AI algorithm that picks up what we want to hear about something and just feeds more of that to us. I think there's plan of that already happening. But I also think that in these situations, though, um, that it's just, it's just another symbol of like what they're trying to get away with in any type of emergency. Like after COVID, I guess my brain is broken now. Any type of emergency seems like a ways and means of testing out something new or something disgusting on the populace. Um, and I don't really hold the people in power in that much of any regard anymore. Um, Jessica, I appreciate you trying to get involved in politics earlier. And wasn't there some kind of to do with a recount <laughs> around that time, too? Yeah, we had lots of issues here. Um, and Sarah was actually active as well on Maui in politics. Um, and one of our dear friends that we wanted to get on today as well, he's a family man. He ran uh, for mayor and in Maui. Uh, it's We have so many issues um, when it comes to the voting system. We are beyond corrupt. I think the biggest thing is that our governor has the most power. And regardless of running in any position, I think we need to understand how we're run here. We do not have uh, elected sheriffs. We have appointed sheriffs. We don't have an elected board of education. They are selected as well. Um, it is the governor holds one of the highest reigns in, like, in all of the country on our islands. And I think that reality check is the hardest to swallow because when we talk about certain things and these oaths that you take, when you become a government official, you swear an oath to protect, to serve the people. And I think one of the hardest reality checks that I've learned is it, despite an oath, it means nothing to them. Non-existent. Yeah. Non-existent. It's, it's, it's disgusting and it's so hard for us as the people and hearing the people we're hoping that this is a wake-up call but at the same time as people are mourning and still processing and just trying to help their own community because the government isn't here they're not coming to save you and that's one of the biggest things that we talked about during COVID days too was the people you know you can't spell like community without unity and we just all have to unite and really rally together to get through these hard times. And right now, I think that's what everyone's just trying to process in all of this with slow truths coming out, but they have certain intel. But again, we're back in the times where people are scared to come forward. They don't want to lose their jobs. Everything's so fresh and like, it's so hard for us to just process the information every single day and what people are saying. We appreciate all these people who are sharing 
Um, we just hope that you keep going to the correct sources and people who are actually on the ground and feeding you the truth. And we don't want um, anyone to discredit what's really coming out. And Sarah talked about that a little bit, was saying, again, when the people are on the ground revealing certain sources, like it takes a little bit. And then all of a sudden now the media is picking up on it. The media is picking up on it. I'm actually surprised by some of the reporting I'm seeing by certain news outlets that you would never see hold anyone accountable. I'm still hoping that they'll push the harder questions though to you know our top people. And I'm noticing Josh Green is getting on screen and he shares a little something and then gives an excuse. Where's the follow-up questions to this? Where's the follow-up? We need to be questioning them on everything, really push them because they did know we have the facts, we have the truth. And I'm sorry, but if we can do a missile warning, these officials, that, these officials need to be held under deposition. That's what needs to happen. Yes. And so anyone legally who's wanting to help out, I know Michael Yoder had done a certain something, but it like when they talked about the sirens not going off, you guys, we we had a warning out here with missile sirens going oh. off saying that and the alerts went out that people were putting their kids in sewage <laughs> systems down drains to protect them and to save them because you only have so much time to react. Like it's, it happens like that. So for them to say that they could not put those sirens out there and to help the community, that to me is crimes against humanity on such a greater scale. Cause they cannot say, Oh, it's only for tsunamis. Then why is it when the missile warning went out, that was false by the way. Um, and put everyone in havoc here. Why did that go out? Why do we get text messages for warnings of all sorts of different emergencies, tsunamis, you name it? Why was there not some type of warning? So we need the media to do more pushback. We need people to ask hard questions. We cannot let them, you know, blame cli like climate change is another thing that they're blaming. And I mean, I understand this push they're trying to do, but let's not, it, to me, it's all a source of deflection from them not wanting to take true ownership and responsibility, like responsibility, knowing that this was a possibility. And this is exactly why you'll see certain people and threads being like, well, stop voting this way. Stop voting that way. I mean, by all means, first of all, educate yourself how to vote. Make sure that you have a voice in legislation as well. Um, when it comes to bills, when it comes to things, people will listen when it comes to the masses right now. I mean, even BJ Penn, who ran for governor, is talking about having a big rally and gathering thousands of people to, like, really expose this truth. Because the only way the government listens is if they feel really pressed against the wall. But it does take the masses. And even if 1% of all Hawaiians on these islands rise up and do something, and I think more people are becoming more and more awake, but I just think give it time because... Like I even said, it's it's highs and lows days where we're just like processing information and we're like even this morning. OK, how can I help this one family? Like, I'm Sarah, I don't even know how many messages you're getting, but I had to do a PSA just asking people to not send me just anything. I'm focused on the resources. I'm focused on how to connect you to housing who to go to, the drop-offs, where to donate to that are reliable sources, and just any means and effort to our recovery. Because again, it's the community doing it. 
bottom line, 100%, FEMA, you're too late. Red Cross, you're too late. Where have you mm -hmm. been? It's been a week. And the fact that I'm still waiting for like Intel, because again, we have people who also flew from Oahu to help unload and distribute certain goods there who also are reporting. And then we have our Maui friends because we need the foot soldiers and people are like, oh, well, they might have too much of this. I'm going to tell you right now, we need to set these people up for 30, 60, 90 days. There are people living in people's backyards and tents. Like, they, I mean, there are people living on the streets right now and it just blows my mind. And so it's just, for me, it is really just about helping the people and that call to action comes first and foremost. And in time, more truth will come out. Um, and it's devastating. I think the hardest thing was watching. I knew the story would come out about the children. I was waiting for it. And the fact that mainstream is talking about that too, because there were so many kids not in school that day. And I just, I, it's hard for me to process because, and there's so many, they call elders Kapuna out here and like so many. And it, like Sarah said, the blockades, yeah, there were rows of cars. You'll watch the visuals of people on the ground doing videos, trying to get out and be like, go, 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 just get through, just get through. And it's like, there's just these rows of cars just trying to even get out. And that is why people fled to the ocean. I mean, there's so many people that are still missing. And we know that again, yeah, the hazards, yeah, there's all these issues. They're saying now the water's bad. Don't use the water, no electricity in a lot of places. Our job is to help get that information to the ground because again, they still don't have communication from the inside. They're going up into the mountains. They're delivering gasoline to get these cars to relocate. They're telling people to relocate, but they don't even have the gas. I mean, the people of these islands are carrying the weight. And I am just, I'm beyond amazed by all the people on the ground. And I think that's first and foremost, credit needs to go where credit is due. And that is the people at Ground Zero and the people who are right on the outskirts in Lahaina, getting things in, working with crews, working with the boats, the jet skis, everything else, and the pilots now too. We have airplanes that are shipping things over. Um, that is that should like speak volumes and then you have our governor just showing up and patting fema on the back but it's it, these photo ops and media ops are probably the most like heartbreaking stuff for me because what are you doing oprah thank you for your pillows but you have how much land you know we have our friend paul romero at maui gym housing how many tents in his backyard and how many people open your land allow people to be housed. I mean, I'm sorry, pillows is a great thing. We do need pillows, we need bedding, we need generators, solar generators. I mean, it's just beyond belief, but when we talk about the elites and even the fact that she said that she would donate a certain amount when the time is ready, I mean, I don't know. To me, like true aloha is opening up your home doing everything that you can, working tirelessly. Yeah, trying to bring in media is great, but people forget right now they're violating um, the First Amendment right to uh, media. And the mayor there has actually set off a zone that's a no media zone, a certain uh, square footage. So you're not going to see as much media coverage on the inside. And that, to me, is also suspicious. And that's also a violation of the First Amendment. So I'm still trying to understand that. 
Um, you have media outlets actually speaking about this, which is surprising and sounding very upset. But it's I feel like if this doesn't show you the depth of corruption on such great scales, I don't know what will. And so we are asking people right now to really keep donating, just to donate to reliable sources. And if you need certain contacts, everything like that, we're trying to adopt specific families. Getting needs are something that is a daily check-in from people at ground zero. And then on top of it is just you know, making sure we're protecting their property and their land because we know that's going to be one of the biggest issues coming forward. And that's when we're really going to see the truth more and more. What is their plan? Um, they have they have certain plans in place and it's documented. And I put that in the chat as well. Um, it was just too long to actually just put. So I put the link. But um, we're doing our best to just communicate those things. That's all we can do. And so we're grateful for people like Sarah on Maui who are doing groundwork, getting inside and like, you know, sharing the personal stories. And then the people who are on the inside too, talking about it. And you'll notice even specific people who were affected, who house people in time, like after this week's gone by, I'm noticing more and more speaking up about the neglect coming from the government and the issues arising with that and the corruption on the greater scale. And so I just think it's just a matter of time before more and more comes out. Um, it's coming from multiple sources. I, you got to listen to people on the ground and then stay off the mainstream, you know? Well, that's why I'm so thankful for you all being here tonight. And I'm, I'm also thankful for our, our friend, uh, I think it's Lozip Rosenstein, 5645. Thank you for the Rumble rant. Um, I see some new names in, in the chat, too. We got plenty of people watching, ladies. Um, when you talked about donations and things like that before, let's take a look at uh, who was donating to good old Josh Green uh, in the past election here. So this uh, from civilbeat.org. This is Josh Green has an early money lead. You think that had a factor in the 2022 uh, Hawaii governor's race? Uh, it also says that um, not only has he outraised his opponents there, uh, but then also that he, um, 29 people from Southern California addresses donated to a combined uh, over $33,000 to, uh, to Green's campaign last year. And among them were Austin Butner, uh, the former superintendent of the Los Angeles Unified School District, uh, EJ Milken, who sits on I. Iolani's uh, school's board of governors and Peter mm. Kennedy, who is the founder of social media influencer marketing platform, Tiger Media. Oh, isn't that great? It also says a significant chunk of Green's campaign donations in, in the past have come from mainland doctors or other companies in the medical industry. Gee, this is the reason why he carries around his little stethoscope, right? It also says now Green's campaign donors include a broad swath of local attorneys and business executives along with mainland companies. So now they also, uh, it says in the last half of 2021, 42 people donated the maximum of $6,000 to Green's campaign. And they include Woodruff Soldner of the law firm Levitt Yemene and Soldner. And also local Domino's Pizza uh, franchise. There we go. Gray's got the pizza involved. Uh, make Rompel. Uh, and then Paul Yanamine and the executive chairman of the Central Pacific Bank. All oh, the banks are, yeah, no way. They have. They don't have no influence on our government. And uh, Robert Harrison, president and CEO of First Hawaiian Bank. So, but um, hey, 
at least the medical marijuana dispensaries were backing them. I get, do you get that in exchange for having well, the this reason, fucking office? <laughs> the only reason why they did that is only because if you do have your um, license for medical marijuana, you cannot be a gun owner. So just be aware of that as well. So a wonderful way to have a gun grab, isn't it? Yeah. So just be aware of that out here too. <laughs> um, because you have certain people who are fighting for 2A and also believe in medical freedom when it comes to that. But, you know, they want to make sure that people are still able to get their guns. And so all this infringement on Second Amendment is times 10 out here as well. So just like just government to give you an either or that should not exist. Right. Yeah. That they want to mess with your rights to ingest whatever the heck you want, but then also yeah. mess with your right to defend yourself. I mean, Sarah, you're, you're, you're killing here with the, the links. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. The black rock and Hawaii. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Been talking about it for ages everywhere, all over the earth, but why not here? Right. And, and when you're talking about the effect that that has in a microcosm, if you will, you know, something that happens on a, a tiny island versus a large landmass like this. Things are much easier to experiment with in all sorts of ways and economically, too. And there's that lovely little word again. It just keeps popping up, right? Stakeholders. Ah, geez. Uh, one last article that I did want to bring up with you ladies, because there is sort of something going on here whenever it comes to um, the um the response i'd say to this um now lisa and i'll both tell you lisa definitely more than me even um lisa not a lot of faith in the legal system these days right just checking in there just want to make sure you're still with us lisa <laughs> cough cough thank yeah, you little... all right so um <laughs> oh, now... oh please you know yeah. But but Lisa, you saying... said that out of the articles that we had set aside for this week's source list, that the one that I'm showing the audience right now probably had the most promise, at least for us getting to the bottom of certain things. Maybe give us some hope here, Lisa, for a change. <laughs> well, what it does show on on that article that uh, that filing of that uh, recent civil action actually shows that. Uh, it seems to be that uh, this little island was set up a, uh, to be the quote-unquote perfect storm, right, for a very long time. It seems to sh this complaint shows that it was fully known that this was going, going to be a problem with the electric lines and so forth. Yes. And I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to some friends of ours, actually. Um, Gar Goldsmith has covered this uh, with MRC TV. Uh, I have included that in this week's source list, too. Uh, and in his little video here that he's included, um, also um, David Knight. So you know, just, again, great work on this stuff. But um, in this, it says, for those listening, it says, Maui wildfires prompt lawsuits against power companies. This is from courthousenews.com. And it says plaintiffs claim that Hawaiian Electric contributed to the massive deadly blaze that consumed nearly all of Maui's historic Lahaina town by leaving their power lines energized despite the high winds. Um, and this is from August 14th. So, um, what and it's called Lahaina. 
Lahaina, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 all good. And yeah. just let you know, uh, I'm checking in and out only because I was trying to get Paul on and Colin as well. So okay, if they yeah. chime in, just to let you know if they're trying to get in, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye on our queue here, uh, things that pop up. But yeah, just something I wanted to get across the audience uh, reading through this, though, that um, it, here it says from Honolulu, less than a week after wind whipped uh, wildfires. Wow, that's a great one to go through, too. Uh, ravaged the island of Maui. Several residents sued a Hawaii electric utility Saturday, claiming that the damage to the island could have been mitigated if the utility had taken preventative measures and immediate action about their down power lines during the disaster. Now, it says that residents filed two class actions claiming Hawa Hawaiian Electric Company and its subsidiary, Maui Electric Company, negligently kept power lines energized while the wildflowers burned on Lahaina. In a town in West Maui known for its well-preserved 19th century buildings and multitude of art galleries and restaurants. And now a third lawsuit, it says here, hit the dockets Monday. Now, the, another lovely thing about this article is, is that it includes all the links. So you guys can go check out those documents as mm -hmm. well. They did a good job with this, actually. Um, now, it also says officials have yet to determine the cause of the fires. Um, but that's the kind of sticking point for me here. Maybe I'll t turn back to the panel for this. From what you ladies have seen, would you put it on the power companies as the start of this? Like, where does this lead? Does this allow an easy, defeatable sort of straw man for them to, to fall guy, sacrificial lamb? Or is this really going to pan out that it, it was negligence on behalf of a company as opposed to the whole system and the emergency protocols and everything else? Who wants yeah. to go first? <laughs> I can see you both chopping at <laughs> yeah, the bit, actually. Yeah, <laughs> It's, I'll say it's ridiculous. That's absurd. Um, you're telling me that they can somehow coordinate. First of all, where are these citizens? Show me them. Show me these citizens. That is a lie. The citizens are too busy trying to help our people get basic necessities. We don't even know where our loved ones are. They haven't even to told us anything about all of our unaccounted loved ones. Nobody is going and turning around while the fires are still burning, finding a lawyer, hiring a lawyer, getting enough documents to put through a docket. It's just, it's absurd. It's the state trying to cover their own behind. You, know, you know, that's so ironic because uh, I texted, what did I text you, Six? I said, that is one of the quickest lawsuits I've seen put together. Absolutely, yeah. It, it came together fast as, as, as that stupid book on Amazon. Faster yeah. they can put out the fires, you guys. Yeah, uh, truth, truth. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Peanut Butter Paul. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love peanut butter, so you are in the right place, sir. Um, now, with, uh, with that, Peanut Butter Paul, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience and just telling people how you're – connected to uh what's going on in maui right now my friend good afternoon i'm paul romero peanut butter paul everybody loves peanut butter right <laughs> hell yeah never trust anybody that doesn't like peanut butter so we say with chocolate yes i apologize um for being like i just came in from lina wow and um i'm excited to be a part of a very progressive and smart conversation here so thank you well, you asked me my role and what I'm doing. Is that 
yeah, I was just saying, you just came back from there. So uh, what have you, what have you experienced there? Like since this has gone on? That's a very big question, my friend. I've definitely been on the ground leading convoys around the north, around the south, every inch of the whole west side. Been involved with many leaders and have choreographing all lots of small efforts, big efforts. And uh, boy, nowhere to start. Myself and my my partner in, in this particular effort have housed, we lost count at probably 25 families. Um, I somehow made the way to the top of uh, the spreadsheets I think I offered my house, my, I have a tent city at my home as well. So somehow I made the top of all the spreadsheets on the island and I seem to be the first person called and <laughs> with purely by the, the grace of all my contacts, specifically one human being whose name is Amber Lee, who just laid her head down to sleep, I think for the first time since the start of the fire, I am not kidding you. This wow. woman has single-handedly housed 20, I think 25 families in the last 40 hours for contacts on in the uh, in the community in the real estate market and the vacationers or the um second homers and all those just was unbelievable she literally houses somebody and i watched it in 90 seconds nonstop. so i've had one hand in that world here and uh, we turned our gym into a bit of a shelter certainly a drop uh depot and then my home into a tent city where we're housing i'm not sure how many refugees tonight it changes every night it's interesting <laughs> I don't want to suck up all the oxygen in the room here. Um, no, but that's an incredible story of what you've been able to do, my friend. What what prompts you to do that? What 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 sort of pokes your brain or your soul or whatever it is that makes a human being want to do that? I think like most of the warriors on this on this cast here, and I know this one right, right, that over there, it's instinctual. I I've been a I've been in I've been a critical care flight paramedic for many years, specialized in high altitude medicine, mountaineering medicine, rescue, ski patrol. I don't know. I, I have found this caring, loving capacity I have, and um, combined with communication skills and and then uh, all that, it just becomes an instinct. And especially in this community, it's not hard to become the most agile and fastest moving person in the room. And uh, when duty calls, it's just instinctual. And when this happened, uh, I was at my, at my gym facility and I just was right online. It was getting every bit of info available. And it was like all the lights came on. There's, there's no thinking in, in, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm glad to have a community with humans, fast moving, smart humans and trucks and resources. And there was just flow that just happened immediately. Put the word out and then things just started moving and connecting and trying to stay on top of the information was so confusing and so challenging for all kinds of all the reasons i mean just internet communications alone from the people that were sort of trapped in that environment i mean uh, it for for us out here we're just seeing a few little viral videos that are going around in people's accounts one one that i saw on twitter uh was an account of a man named fish and he was telling everybody that you know the when he went that the cops were blocking off where the cars were and then he heard the explosions of the cars and just yeah, that was fish yeah <sighs> when uh, i think i think most people would agree we overnight stayed up most overnight the information was just so hard to obtain we knew it was apocalyptic and then it was it was really that first sight from the helicopter that just ignited everybody into 
hyperdrive. Every resource you possibly knew, every human you could reach out to for me and, and my Instagram and my gym members and all my warriors and surrounded by it was like, drop whatever the F you're doing, grab every resource you can and start thinking that we're going to be doing rescue and medical for an unimaginable amount of people and the likes. And so that Wednesday morning just became everybody's adrenaline cortisol shots sky high and it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't hardly let up i gotta say today was and i've been up in the pili all last night and just saw i was i i, I broadcast a, a, a little live from uh, the Nepili park where it was this i almost needed a hoodie the weather was cool there was kids there was a barbecue grilling a uh, little music going and i was like wow we've got a sense of normalcy here up north there in a weird way but then heading down south toward ground zero and things on things and things change and uh the, the 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 energy in the in the in in the whole space up there is so dark and so cryptic and so heavy and toxic and uh i just came from there as well and there's now there's some new weird energies happening for some new weird reasons just had a big download with uh kimo up there the elder that's running the main camp there at the walgreens the hawaiian camp and i got some phenomenal downloads right now we're in we're in a spiritual war of, of, of epic proportions uh, going forward right now. Well, that's something that we talk about quite frequently on this network, and plenty of our other friends do do too. And uh, I'm very blessed to have the ability to talk to folks like yourselves that have been part of the relief efforts there. And Paul, if you don't mind me asking you this, man, have you treated people like with injuries? Have you have you experienced the toxic smoke or environment or anything that's left over? Because when you said the term ground zero, my mind immediately went to 9-11 and just what it was like to deal with the environment after that, from what I've read, and the, the toxic environment and being around that sort of stuff. Like, this, Did any of that scare you even going into an area like that? What you'd breathe in or what you'd encounter? Uh, it, it hasn't maybe I'm clueless to it or just numb to it right now, but just really hasn't definitely dealt, uh, been around some injured people, definitely been around some, uh, uh, heavily traumatized and semi injured people, but in a, in a, in a strange way, well, obviously the critically hurt and the severely hurt were evacuated out of there, which was not too many people as you might know that part of the story. Yeah. Um, it was just a nuke of course, and you were either vaporized or had minor burns. <laughs> Uh, it was a few more than minor burns, but it boggles the mind of that epic of a of a of a natural uh, mass. And I grew up, I came from California, where fires are in your blood, and you you know what happens around fires. But just that there that there wasn't a massive triage center full of horribly burned humans by the hundreds, just needing every form of evacuation by boat and helicopter would have been completely expected and the fact that just that just didn't exist just didn't exist uh i saw ambulances they go in and out not even a ton of them but it boggles the mind that who knows how many hundreds scores were vaporized and cremated and not many lightly injured making not light of not making light of people that were injured and to, Paul, just real quick to touch base on that. Um, on Oahu alone, we're more populated than Maui, and we only have 22 ambulances on this entire island. 
So I think people need to also understand how understaffed, how underprepared we are on many situations. You know, Oahu, we have over a million plus and we don't even have enough. So it just, that's why when we were having the fentanyl issue and all sorts of things, people are trying to raise like awareness on just how many people we actually have who are first responders and the stress that they're under. And that is why we should give them grace um, because they're, they are, it's slim picking. So I can't, I don't know the number that's actually on Maui, but even here, just 22. That's insane to think about, especially in rural areas. And Sarah brought up the hospitals, like the short staff, what hospital you have, where do they go? And then we're talking hospitals, but let's also talk animal hospitals, how many animals were affected as well. And where are they going? And the short staff with that. And that's why I think when Paul's talking about just the depth of not having military personnel being flown in, all these people with great skill sets being flown in by helicopter to really set up triages and really get things on the ground, it's just been non-existent. And that is the most heartbreaking thing is just knowing, again, I know, Paul, you've done shout outs about this. There's no one coming to save you. You know, it's taking the people. First thing I said on one of my first or second Instagram posts, well, no one's coming for us, folks. I just knew it. I called it from the start. No one's coming for us. Get your shit in order. Nobody's prepared for the long haul. I mean, how yeah. fast did you beat them to the draw, too? Like, how fast did the people get to the what was going on before the government or whatever other entities uh, stepped in there? Well, you know, the layout there, the, the communities right around there were right there. I mean, yeah. next block. I mean, that's that wasn't hard to do. I mean, and that, okay. I, I mean from an EMS... You know, paramedic forever. There's, there's not a EMS provider on every corner. Of course, they're they're at their stations, and and they were traumatized, and they're saving their families, and they're there's only so many on duty in Lahaina on a hot summer afternoon. There's not like there's a staff of a hundred paramedics and firefighters on duty. This is a this is a small ass town with small staffing. You know, this is not an army of humans over there ready to save you over there. This is this is this is the most remote colony of humans in the entire earth and a sleepy side of the island on a hot summer afternoon it's just you know they're not they were not prepped for armageddon but you know so yeah people were this this is what a small community does i've come from a small mountain community way up in the mountains of california so i'm just used to you know two small fire stations and another fire station at any given time if if hell broke loose uh and so it was all always community community-based uh support and response and let's keep in mind too, it it is just the community for the most part. I mean, that's what it has been. We are talking about government. Government's showing up for these photo ops. They're doing their little videos. They've got people that are kind of flying in, overlooking things. But for the most part, it's all been people of the islands and the community. And I that's where credit should always be given. And they were immediate. And unfortunately, so many were trying to get in, but unless you had a Lahaina address, then they had these like little things that you had to get permits. I mean, Paul was ready to go out with trucks immediately and was being denied access in. And luckily because of certain connections. And I think that's the craziest part is how to be the most effective and work around this system that's set up that is not helping the people and failing the people. So all the people can do is rally together and find every which way to beat the system because they're still not there doing their job. Bottom line, point, we're on day eight. To your point, Jessica, though, not only just not to help, but 
the government is obstructing. Okay, that's that's what's so disgusting. Yeah, and like Sarah had said, you know, people are listening to orders above, and that's the hardest part because you're put on this like weird little situation where. I do feel like this is back in COVID times where we're wanting doctors and nurses to come forward, reveal the truth, put their lives on the line, or be like, you know what? I'm willing to lose my job. Get in there. Just go. Um, but there are so many people who don't do that. They just don't. And they just take the orders and they follow what they're told. There is someone else calling those shots. And the blame and the real focus needs to be on our government officials because, again, no city, county, state, or uh, federal is coming to help on the level that it should or already be there at this point and at the level it should at this point. There's just no excuses anymore. And that is all being revealed. Well, I did get a question from the chat and thank you rescue dog for asking the question. Um, I did hear that people were being asked to sh sort of show their papers to get in and out of different areas. Um, were there passes or anything or any type of badges given out? Like, what, what did they give out for people to get in and out of the area to verify them or other things like that? Sarah, you so, want to speak to that? Uh, the placard system, are we referring to? Yep. Yes. Yes. I saw a video where they, mm -hmm. it just like some cop showed up and said, oh, I guess, uh, you know, you I, I've been informed that the placards or whatever, they're, they're not doing them anymore. And people were sort of shocked in line. I, I, I can't put two and two together there. Can you give us some context? Yeah, so um, essentially they couldn't make up their minds with how they wanted to operate the main road going in and out. Um, Friday was that day where they announced prior to noon, they made the announcement that at noon, the road would be completely up, open. Um, mind you, we woke up on Wednesday morning to Lahaina Town being obliterated and still smoking. So this is Friday morning. They're telling us with all this mad chaos that's been going on, okay, free reign, anyone, even tourists, if you have an itinerary that says you were staying in there, you can line up. So naturally, the second they announce that prior to noon, people start flooding that main road. So I suppose a couple hours later, they shut it. That was that article you brought up in the beginning referring to the brawl that broke out that for some reason they keep denying at every press conference, which is really bizarre because we I know that that was happening. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And they love to just keep passing the blame. That's all you see from this administration is just passing the blame, zero accountability. They so keep trying to put it back on the people, which to me is the most grotesque part about it. I mean, it's one thing to be hot potatoing with your all of your inadequate agencies, but to be trying to put it back on the people who are straight up are suffering and through that suffering are fighting for one another. It's just such a level of disconnect yep. and sickness that uh, has really been bugging me. But so their placard system, I guess, was some sort of solution. Uh, even though if you live in Lahaina, your ID is going to say you live in Lahaina. They wanted these people to go line up in town in Kahului. Uh, my friend went and took a video. He got out of Lahaina for the first time in five days. He had been stranded in there with his family. The road finally opens up. He has to drive all the way around, comes into town, and then is told in order to get back to his home, he will have to wait in a line in order to receive a, a badge, essentially, to drive in his own 
state to go home to his house. The line was six miles long in town and wrapped around everything. People waited three, four, five hours in there. And after about four hours, I, they just decided to call it off in town. The video you saw that's going around, the same thing was happening inside Lahaina. And um, so again, after those people in there had been waiting for hours and hours and told they can't leave because if they leave without this placard, they won't be allowed back in. Then all of a sudden they send this poor cop to go and do their dirty work. But, you know, I'm sure he could, couldn't even bring himself to get out of the car and say it because how dare they do that to these guys? Um, make them have to go speak on their behalf and just say, okay, never mind. Placard systems out the window. We're just throwing it totally out now. It's irrelevant. There, there is, there is, there is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Criminal negligence from the start to finish. Mm -hmm. When this all comes out, we think, we think we know the whole story and we know a lot of it. When we, when it's all the investigation, when an investigation comes out and there's gotta be something from the DA's, the DA, and it, but it is criminal negligence. Not only should there be people losing their jobs immediately and resigning, there should, there should be, there's criminal negligence. There was loss of life due to, these guys are trained. These guys are the police chief and these sergeants and these, and these chiefs. I, I, I know that world very well. I did 15 years in emergency medicine, critical care life flight. I did from the, the ground up and I, you, know every level of responsibility community action what their roles are there's are so many so many f-ups that are of the kind you are terminated for and in this case you know criminally held criminally liable for that are that are non-negotiable non non-negotiable and uh, i think we all know that so that's that's a bit redundant my apologies but no, uh, no, just it's okay. today on the, I mean, on the uh, just today on the on on the presser. We we all saw the presser today at, at, at three or four. And I, I missed the presser. I don't know if the other uh, panelists he just, he just adamantly defended adamantly defended his non-activation of the siren rule and tried. Yes, we talked about that. Yeah. What, why he would not do the sirens again? Would you do it again? No. Would, wouldn't hit the sirens again. Those are just for tsunamis. Absolutely, that level of that rational, that level of critical. Lack of critical thinking is so absurd and so unqualified. Can't even can't even have remorse or acknowledge that there was a colossal f up. Humility, what a, what a humility, up. even in that you humility. know, even realizing that there were mistakes made and not everything is perfect or whatever type of protocol. But Lisa, how would these folks go about filing a complaint with their DA? Like how does how does that process work? Is it different state to state? Do they have to go through like a certain process? Do you need a certain amount of people? Do you need to demonstrate certain claims? Like how does that process work for them do to to get an investigation or raise hell about this? Well, um, I believe each state is different, but um, you can definitely citizens can uh, file complaints with the uh attorney general's office but okay. but i mean in in all reality are we really expecting any real investi investigation from within the system okay. yeah that's that's kind of what i'm wondering is how can we get outside entities in to actually do proper investigation because like i said the corruption here is so deep a lot of people are all appointed 
Um, they are not elected by the people. So they're going to tell the narratives. They're going to do what they're being told by the higher ups. And that's kind of what we're trying to relay right now on the biggest level is how can we take certain action to protect the people and to take certain action in that sense? Because I'll tell you right now, I dealt with the attorney general's office and they're not too keen on, um, listening to the people because again they're appointed so how do we deal with that so uh (laughs) this is like finding uh uh like having to win the lottery by needing to have a lawyer with who's got integrity and fortitude (laughs) yes um, well, that that's the thing with the, the civil lawsuit. The reason why I'm glad that we, we found that and we're able to bring that up in this discussion is, is that, you know, we've talked about before, we don't have many objective ways to show causation other than in a court of law. I mean, if you don't get it into that realm where you can demonstrate like what, what Paul brought up before, like if there is negligence here, I would love to be able to lay down the evidence and, and send those people to prison or whatever they deserve for that negligence um but does that happen even paul i mean from your experiences are you familiar with the concept of immunity whenever it comes to these emergencies no 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 when there's criminal negligence when there is a gross a gross abandon my legalese is gonna fail me a little bit here and i used to have this (laughs) very clearly when there's a gross abandonment of the most primary responsibilities of one's job that is criminal negligence okay. we are those guys those people are covered by that's, the good there is common mistakes that can be made and those can be acceptable certainly but right. they'll look at what did you know and what did you know it and when that's all laid out there's where criminal negligence happens what you knew you knew a and, and you knew b and you definitely knew c and the clock was what time and your protocol and your training that you received clearly three every year and that is that you that person been involved you did not execute that and you were you know uh, you can just go on and on and that's that's how it's laid out and that's how you, that's how immunity, you immunity definitely can be pierced okay um the problem is getting an attorney that's willing to fight the real fight because it's not that it can't be done okay I mean, there's the standard. Yes, that that veil can be pierced through. Um, so, Paul, you're absolutely right. It's just about getting the the right people to to do the right thing. Well, you, you, got to, you got to have a really badass attorney. That it can be a great white shark, um, and those don't exactly hang on growing on trees here in in Maui. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, Jessica, you've made some connections, you know, with the, your actions in the community. Is there any defense or, or any lawyers or anybody out there? So right now I'm trying to share as much information as possible. Like I said, try and be a conduit on this subject mm-hmm. matter. We do have um, one specific attorney and I can get that information out. I am sharing that content through a telegram and also a Facebook group that I help run. And then also I'm doing my best to get things on my IG. Um, when you're trying to do most like all these things through social media, some things get lost, but we have also yeah. a lawyer, um, who's very popular, uh, who did a shout out, Michael Yoder, 
Um, and he is based in California and is trying to help protect people and their land. That's his focus. So oh, yeah. I think things are going to come out more so in the future because we have had certain attorneys wanting to take on bigger cases, class action lawsuits out here um, to try and protect. But like we've said before, when it came to COVID times, it was a little different. Um, I'm hoping this time won't be, and I'm hoping that we'll have the spirit of the people to want to rise up and do what is righteous and understanding the de facto system that we are currently in and wanting to take action against that because so many of these things, they are going against their oaths of office, these people. So who's ever calling these shots on the higher level and, you know, putting it down, I'm not trying to go for the smaller people, but at the same time, there does come a point in time where, you know, people need to say, I, I might be doing what I'm told, but I have to do what's best. And I think when you go through a shock effort thinking, oh, I'm making the right choices, I'm listening to my, like the commands from above, you have trust in the system. I have a feeling more people are going to come out because that world has literally just been shattered. So I think for a lot of people, like we were saying, you know, everyone's still kind of processing all of it slowly but surely. And so the people who are doing all the groundwork and under immense amount of stress, working around the clock, barely sleeping, it's hard to get a grasp on that. But I have a feeling that there are going to be people coming out more and more and we will be contacting people and we do want to support them. So as much as possible right now, we just don't want them to sign paperwork with FEMA for the most part. We're, we're trying to warn people on the most basic stuff and how to get certain resources and communication out there. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Generators is one of the hardest things right now. Solar panels, getting things and um, actual communication flowing from the inside instead of people saying, hey, we're about to go in. We're going to lose all communication coming out and then relaying. Um, we just really need to focus on taking care of the people who are suffering on the greater scale. And then in time, I really do think that, you know, God is good and, you know, good reigns over evil. And we need to really stay focused on that and keep our prayers with Maui people and make the calls to action. And so I think honestly, like this group of people, you know, they are fighters they are activists. They are people who are going to keep, you know, helping support to the best of their ability. We all have different skill sets, which I think is the most beautiful thing. So, yeah, I really do think that more people hopefully will show up in time once the heaviness kind of fades a little bit more and then more along the lines of, I mean, I feel like right now I'm getting motivated by my sadness and my anger. It goes back and forth every day. You know, I'm tired and then I'm just like, no, I, I need to do this. I need to make this call. I need to reach out to these human beings. So getting That's a hell of a motivator, together, but it, yeah. it, it can be not so kind to you, Jessica. I hope that uh, you get some peace when this settles and all of you. And thank you for everything that all of you on the panel have done. I wanted to get this take from you all. What what are your takes on the land grab aspect of this? For something that's such a small area and so precious, what are the implications of a disaster like this happening and all the people that could benefit sort of from this happening too? And I'll go back to the panel. I'm not going to be really focused on too much of an article. I just Sarah, wanted to get do you want to take on. that one first? 
Uh, could you repeat that one more time? Well, just what are your what is your take on the whole land grab aspect of this? Like, and how much this could change just the the entire dynamics of the island and the state itself after a disaster like this? Yeah, so um, it's pretty clear that they have plans to make this a billionaire's playground is what they say. It used to be a millionaire's playground and that's out the window. And we see that by the likes of like we touched on earlier, Oprah buying up more property. Um, Jeff Bezos brought, bought property um, here down in the south part of the island below Oprah on the mountain. And he actually acquired part of the ocean, which is supposed to be illegal. Um, but in this sort of clause, he purchased this fish pond and he owns part of the ocean. Um, we've got Zuckerberg in Hawaii, we got Obama, we got all these people. Um, so, you know, you can go to parts of the island and see how neglected sort of the areas of public domain are in comparison to these rich, entitled areas like further past, uh, further, you know, west in Lahaina, Kanapali, Kapalua, you're going to see that down there, their resort area. And here in Kihei, we have what's called Wailea. And that's sort of our resort area where you're going to find the Four Seasons and all those such things. Uh, during COVID, these areas were completely abandoned. No one lives there. There's all these multi-million dollar mansions, condos, homes, perfectly groomed spaces, and no one was there. And these people who are purchasing their second, third, fourth, fifth home. They don't have any sort of investment in the community. They're not tied to it. They don't care how the local public schools are functioning or the bus programs. So when you just see more and more of these types of uh, people and corporations buying up land, you lose the entire heart of what was there before and you push out the amazing people that made it so special in the first place. Um, Lahaina is especially important. It was a one point the capital of the kingdom of Hawaii and the Hawaiians are not going to let it go. You know, this is, they've been trying to grab that land from these guys for four, five, six generations, truly. And they've said, no, there's no amount of money you can give us. And now today, what is that? Their land is worth a quarter, if that percentage of what these people were knocking on their door trying to offer the day before the fires. It's a huge concern. And as Jess said earlier, it has happened before. It's not just paranoia. We've seen this exact same thing happen before where they promise, oh, there's no way you will get back on your land. They cannot be trusted. They, the, the track record speaks for itself. So it's a huge concern amongst the locals. It's a huge concern for us. And especially when we start to see these sort of really nefarious things come to light, like these planned conferences that had already taken place and are taking place even next month. And they've already put out disclaimers saying, don't worry, conference members, despite Maui still being on fire, like we are holding this smart city conference and you come on over here. And, you know, it, these are super concerning things. The fact that the governor put in special orders to um, sort of get immunity, so to speak, over land, under the guise of, of affordable housing emergency. These are all ploys. I mean, we, we don't even have a housing shortage. That's not the problem. There's plenty of housing. It's that you're not putting the, the local people in the housing. We're getting priced out. So they want to build workforce housing for us, little gerbil cages that are, you know, it's, it's plantation living all over again. Re-enslavement of the people. Yeah.
100%. I'm so glad that you brought up too, because the governor's orders in, I think it was almost less than a month ago, basically referred exactly to the housing crisis. But what people need to do is they really need to read these, this PDF file. It is, it's very intense, but if you do read it, the truth of the matter of the goals of what he's trying to do, it's, it reigns supreme. He can call any type of action at any time. He overrides the whole entire system. He gave himself almost even more power than he already had. Um, and that wound up passing. And we have to understand our governor also runs from us. You know, he's not one to really want to talk to the people. Um, he has had community events. And what he does is they filter out the questions if it's open up to the public. Once it's filtered, then you have people who are crying out or saying certain things and trying to still ask questions. And he'll say he'll hold another one and never does and just does what he wants. Um, he is beyond not a man for the people and we need to expose that truth as well it's very very dangerous and so um hopefully in the chat too we can get you guys more information on the summits that did go on prior that our governor was at climate change everything else you name it um and why almost one of the first things he got on to talk about was climate change and in my head I just see no sadness. I see no emotion. I see nothing in these people's eyes when they're revealing things. Or if they are getting the orders from the higher ups, those people you're noticing are beyond uncomfortable speaking. Like they they lack this courage. Um, they are, their whole body language is like, I don't even want to be doing this. And they are the scapegoats. And we need to understand that too. Well, I wanted to bring up something else that a lot of, times when i've read through a lot of these articles even jessica you bring it up and what i think is more of a positive light but the the term community itself and who gets to set what those communities are and how those communities are sort of interacted with here um it says just in this one article our friend chris graves from the chat is uh sending us some articles here and uh this just blew my freaking mind as of 2020 it says around 51 percent of the homeless population in hawaii are native hawaiian how much does that feed into identity politics with power, with what people are willing to do in their desperation to get something back that was taken from them? Aren't they constantly going to be put in a position where they're pitted against one another and these BS schemes? Um, whenever it comes to who, whom they empower and put in and put into power, and then how all of these systems work too because of it. Uh, it just seems like it's been feeding itself for a very long time politically and just uh, and also socially whenever it comes to the business there and how just business is done i mean if it if it looks like this like uh lisa being from boston boston is doing a, their own homeless person island there this isn't new this is all over we were doing uh lisa and i uh things with our friend jeff fenton months ago about this happening in tennessee and homeless camps there and they're going to make it illegal to be homeless because then, I mean, then you can round these people up and put them somewhere. And then, I mean, do you wind up in the FEMA camps that have been rumored for forever? Like, is this really the, the conspiracy theorists and stuff like that? Their stuff finally becoming true? Because all I see is dystopian futures in these cordoned off areas where we hide the homeless people and the ones that lost everything in these disasters, whether they be natural or man-made. 
the homeless has been an ongoing issue on these islands for a long time, but people have to think that is also a choice that many homeless make. Um, when you engulf crime, uh, poverty, um, domestic violence, um, the system at play, and then you're surviving in kind of an, an environment that the cost of living is so high and to make things work, it's almost like these multi-generational homes and all these people coming together. There's homeless communes out here all over. Um, and they're actually allowed by the city. We have one of the largest ones that's just behind um, in Waianae at the harbor. And they are allowed to be there and there are hundreds and they used to be a five mile radius until APEC came out here, the Asian Pacific Nations for a meeting when Obama was coming out here. And I want to say that was about seven to eight years ago, possibly longer. Um, and it changed the West Side. But they're everywhere. And we also get homeless shipped out here. We also have to remember Old Town Lahaina, like the area that was burned down, had also a huge homeless community there as well. So that's very real as well. There was plenty of homeless that were around that area. The housing has been an ongoing issue. Our property tax keeps going up, everything. It's what you're seeing in certain cities and the lack of protection for those people. I mean, when you allow crime, when you allow certain things and you don't have enough programs to help the people in the sense to get clean and sober first, and then the programs of the housing, because a lot of people have to be sober to get into them. And if you go into these communes and you talk to the people or even just the homeless, a lot of people choose this lifestyle, if you will. But um, we're more concerned with the multi-generational people who are just getting priced out and the people who keep leaving. We've had... So I mean, in the last three years, I, I have lost so many people who were helping on the ground here because they just can't, they can't do it anymore. It's too expensive. And on top of it, it's not as worth it. And they just see better light at the end of the tunnel on the mainland. But there is a magic on these islands. And that's why certain people are diehards and staying here and fighting for our rights and fighting for the people and trying to help the people of Lahaina and everything else, because we don't want to leave. We don't want to leave. There is a magic here. And if you are called to be here, and if you have been here for years, like we say, the island has a way of kicking you out or keeping you. And um, there, it is a magic. And that is why people want this land. And there is a reason why they want to occupy it. It is a very special location that is beyond a doubt. And not only that, the people. There is something about the people, the culture, the history, the everything. These islands are precious. You know, it, we call it really strong mana and energy force, if you will. So... <sighs> I'm not as concerned about the displacement because I just know that the people are going to keep rallying. Like, I mean, Paul just said it himself. He took in how many people today? Like, yeah, we're, Paul had to everyone, run. He said he had to go to something yeah, called OGG and he's super late. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, he's got to go to the airport. Um, oh, man. So, again, it's just because we're getting so much of help from everyone else in housing. I think the biggest thing is the rebuilding is that is the biggest concern. Right now, we're focused on emergency matters. Emergency, emergency. Where do you need to be? How do we get things to you? What do you need? Medical um that was the other thing, getting certain um, medicines to people, certain people who have special needs who need to operate on, um, like, think about G-tubes, think about pumps, think about all this stuff. And if you have no electricity, how are you going to charge these things? Um, how are you going to blend food? Um, 
there's just so many necessities that I think right now we're focused on. The rebuilding process is going to come. I'm not as concerned of like them being homeless because that's not what we do here. We take care of everyone. We're, we would help anyone anytime. That's the Aloha way you open your door. So I think the biggest thing is just getting them comfortable, getting them the necessities, and then in time, how to rebuild and making sure we don't sell out. And that's our biggest fear right now, because all it takes is a few people to start signing paperwork and, you know, they can snatch things up from people. And because it is contaminated soil, that's one of my biggest fears is that they're going to name it a certain disaster and that it's not livable and then just take the land. And that's that's what it sounds like from Green at this point. I mean, he said it at a press conference yesterday. So it's, well, I it's have a, a couple lot. articles to, to bring up before we wrap things up. But uh, mm -hmm. Sarah, um what do you have to say about the, the land grab aspect of this too? I mean, from your perspective. Yeah, I think it's, it's a huge concern. It's a valid concern uh, from what we've seen take place in the past, uh, how they're sort of treating this like some sort of issue that didn't, I don't know. It's so bizarre because being on an island, having this close-knit community, the way that they are stepping back and letting the federal agencies take the reins, it's either because they have no control and they're not calling the shots whatsoever, or they're so in over their heads that they need them to cover for them. And yeah, it's it's a it's a valid thing. It's very concerning. I'm and you know they have the EPA already here. Like to what Jessica was saying, that all it takes is for them to deem that land uninhabitable, and then they can do with it what they please. Um, they'll get it rezoned for them when the time is ready, and they'll have all their stories to go along with it. But um, and the damage will have been done. So we're trying to prevent all of that. And I do feel this huge swell of information and truth coming to light. And um, it's at the worst possible expense ever, but it's a little bit of a glimmer of hope that perhaps this won't be another instance where you have this tragedy and then an additional tragedy on top of it by uh, taking advantage of these vulnerable people, so. And just to let you know too, we do have a hotline for people who are being contacted by people who are already making the calls to these people to get their lands. It's happening. Um, it, they're being warned and like these insurance companies are also denying, depending on what type of insurance you have. We're trying to arm people the best of our ability, but they are in fact doing this when people are still mourning, they don't even know where part of their family is. They don't have the answers and they're being bombarded already. So we're just, relaying to the people on the inside too, like we said, because communications down is one of the hardest things. So it's, it's a scary thing. And I would say a lot of people, that's one of the number one topics is protecting that land and making sure we get those people back rebuilt. And, you know, it doesn't go in the possession of the state or the elitists, if you will. Um, Sarah, you have to go. 
Yes, I do, unfortunately. Is there any, well, it's up to you if you want to give the audience any contact info or if anybody wants to follow what you're doing or just any, any people or charities or anything that you want to plug, please go ahead. Yeah, I think I will plug my my church because we're um, kind of in collaboration with the whole community and it's been really great. Um, I attend Calvary Chapel, South Maui, and I'll put the link in here. Um, we do have a specific drop down, you hit give, and then when you go to give, you hit the drop down bar and you click the Lahaina fire assistance. And that goes, all of that is from an array of things from supplies to fuel to get there to housing costs to anything people might need. Um, that's a great resource. And as far as following, um, I myself am not huge on the social media, to be honest with you. Um, and And, um, but I will have you guys, I'll plug my friend, Colin Bell. Um, He is a man who has taken real leadership on this whole thing. He's born and raised Maui boy. He ran for mayor actually against the current mayor um, as the youngest person to ever run for mayor. We did not win. Unfortunately, I was his campaign manager, Um, but he has just stepped up in a way that we knew he would. He was not into politics. He is a father of three and had, you know, him and Paul and many men, Kendall Grove across this community have stepped up. Um, it started with fighting for the children and in COVID and it's sort of just catapulted into fighting for the people in a whole and for their island and everything, their culture, their livelihood, everything they've grown up loving and appreciating. And um, I just have nothing but admiration for these men and women. And I would follow them into the night any given day and proud to know them. Um, And there's an array of strong, courageous people doing that here on Maui and stepping up to these big dogs, you know, these big players, these governors, these BlackRock, you know, we, we have the truth on our side. You know, this spotlight is being shown for a reason, and we definitely want to try to bring to light as much corruption as we can. Well, I can appreciate everything you said there. And, uh, man, I, I hope your friend would be pleased to hear that too. I, <laughs> man, that's, that's, you definitely put him over. It's a hell of an endorsement. But, I mean, uh, every I, word of it. <laughs> I, I appreciate your time here, Sarah. I know that you, you're busy and you have meetings and things to get to. Um, and uh, yeah, is is that uh, his Instagram there that you put in the chat? Yeah, that is him. Bell? And when you okay. try to follow him, it'll say, "Are you sure you want to follow this guy?" But this you is my do. favorite people. <laughs> That's how I know we're cool. <laughs> yeah, and thank you guys so much. I can't thank you enough for this opportunity and giving us the platform to speak, and all of the viewers and the questions and the articles. I'm just so grateful. Well, yeah, definitely drop that um, if you can um, in the chat, the the church and everything. I'd like to include mm-hmm. that in this week's source list. So for those of you listening, um, if you haven't yet, go to Substack and uh, number six TNP. Um, you can subscribe to me for free there where you'll find the source list for this episode and every episode that we do at uh, TMP and TMP Live. Um, also, you'll find my monologues there from TMP Live and everything is, uh, as well, too. But um, yeah, our friend uh, Chris Graves has done an amazing job finding some articles for us. Uh, Sarah, you contributed some articles. 
Uh, you did, you contributed some links as well, Jessica, all this stuff that we're being uh, given here on the show and what we're talking about and where we got this information from. It's important that we document this stuff. So, and we're, we're trying our best to do that. We also have a, a TMP document vault that we're doing on Subscribestar for large file documents like PDFs, and videos, and all kinds of things, and, and lots of pictures too. So yeah, we're looking to preserve as much as we can here and, and talking to people like yourselves that are on the ground and working with people on the ground and people that are part of the assistance and everything. Um, it's so important to document these stories for posterity and for the future. I want people to be able to look back 100 years from now when they study this event and find these conversations. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I have the, it. let me make sure that the link works before you go, Sarah. Mm -hmm. I think I have it here. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So that is All included. Right. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Include that. Thank you, Sarah. Um, yeah. And Thank you take you care Sarah. out there. And, Thanks, uh, get my info <laughs> off of Jessica, too. We, we can talk again sometime. This was excellent. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Jessica, before I let you go, because I'm sure you got plenty to do and you probably want to do I'm that. I'm sorry, thing called... I keep going in and out. It's just because, like we always say, nothing stops. <laughs> so no, nothing ever stops. Nothing <laughs> ever stops. Um, and uh, our friend Chris Graves has dug this up for us. Um, he found um, this about insurance companies already denying Maui fire losses due to yes. zoning infractions. So, I mean, I, I know, Jessica, you, it, it, I've read that it's important that people file their claims now. Yes. Not to wait. Yes, uh, why, immediately. Do, do you understand, just for the context for the audience, why that, why that is? So, because of what's to come, there, the property tax is due August 20th. We are trying to get, <laughs> excuse me, trying to get people to pay that immediately, then do a reevaluation. Um, it's hard for me because I take so many screenshots and that's what I share. Yes. So in the chat, I can't send the screenshots. Um, but what we're trying to do is educate people on who to connect with when it comes to the law and the zoning and the filing of claims, because you, you to find out the information of if you even have good insurance or whatever the case may be, who to link you up with, because right now we, they are being denied to a certain extent. Some people are getting, money immediately their insurance company has already filed for them they're waiting to just hear from the people on the inside but again it's really hard for people when everything's still processing but the more people that we can get to file these claims do things properly um and not sell their souls if you will by signing any other forms of documents um going over it with us first if you can or you know sharing that information we're trying to get the actual documentation that's why we're collecting everyone who basically are already contacting people to buy the properties or buy the land um we know how hard it is our government's offering what $700 per person that will go absolutely immediately, if not uh, or just for back causes, because think about it this way, how much money do you spend in a day? And then the things that they're needing are on such greater scale. $700 is nothing. We're just don't want anyone yeah. to sign any documents and just let everything go. Well, and Lisa. that's our biggest fear. Isn't isn't this a perfect example of why people should be educated and how to represent themselves pro se? Yes. And this is also why we 
I mean, and it would be great if we had like a actual like grand jury that is taking action. Um, I know Michigan is a prime example of that when it comes to certain things. Uh, there's another state as well that is I can't actually think of that. They have people who are going in holding government officials responsible, saying, no, this is not allowed. We have people on the ground working on that as well. Um, it's just there's so much to do. There's so much on every single level. And that's why I'm so grateful for everyone's skill sets. And like this core group, because we have been educating ourselves on law, common law, our inalienable rights, um, and then how to proceed with action. I think this is going to be the time more than ever that we protect ourselves on that scale and come as a community and help represent one another. And we do have groups out here who are trying to get the information out as much as possible. I don't like the word trying as Yoda says, you either do or you don't, but we're just doing the best that we can to just relay. So please don't sign any certain documents. Um, and if you're going to donate, please don't donate to just anything. Make sure that you have direct connections like Sarah gave, um, my group of friends here who are getting planes, um, boats and shipments in is, um, I put it in the group chat for you guys, but it's also in my Instagram on all my Instagram accounts, the link directly. And that is for adopting families. Again, um, Every day I'm asking the needs on the ground. So that's like the biggest thing. And let's just keep exposing the truth. And I will ask the community on the greater scale, um, give us some grace and know that there's just been a lot of loss and it's about to be devastating when the truth really comes out. And I feel like our government officials are kind of kind of playing in the background scene of really revealing the truth of the severity on all of it. So once that comes out, I'm thinking more and more people are going to rise up. So if you're a lawyer, if you're people who are here, um, if you are in the insurance claims business, if you understand the system, if you want to make videos for us, if you want us to help in any way, that's the stuff that we need right now is just education, education. Like, again, the government is not here to protect you. They're using this very system against us. So we need to know our rights to exercise them and hold them accountable period so Lisa, i told you, you would like up. jessica oh, man. amen yeah. if i could better. if i could do a tnp institute for like <laughs> pro se representation like you know representing yourself pro se the lisa belanger institute that 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 would be exactly the aim of that is to get people to take what jessica has done here the past several years and incorporate that into their life and, and let's and not forget, I did educated. win my court case. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> See? Yes. You know, and that took me almost a year. But again, we just have to keep representing ourselves and fight the system that is not always in our favor and recognizing that. Like, I think, again, we want to have faith. But one of my favorite quotes is like, I love my country, but I fear my government. Cool. You know, so the only way to protect yourself is by knowing your own individual rights. You gotta be alert. You gotta be in the know. There is always a way. Just don't give up, keep up the fight. And we have big prayers for Maui or like Maui in general, because it's not just Lahaina. 
there are several affected areas and even Big Island, there was a couple of brushes of fire there too. Even on Oahu, we had a brush of fire. We had actually two contained though here, but Maui has been the most affected. And so just prayers to our island. And if you guys need to contact us, like again, emergency stuff information, please by all means send it. Try not to flood us too much with um, like information of what we think the cause is it's we need more of the action and how we can take that action and that's what we're asking for now of the people because the messages that we're getting it we just need to help the immediate help first talk to us in maybe like another two weeks see where we're at if you will and we can go from there but right now we just really need to expose the corruption and the statements being made now by our government and um by these entities that are controlled by the government it is not for the people they do not work for we the people and it's up to the people to expose that truth and to rise up together and that's probably why things like this occur this is from our friend chris grace just found this i guess this is uh just eight days before the maui fires federal disaster assistance dollar limits raised significantly what that means is is that um, the dollar assistance on, it says, uh, federal disaster assistance through low interest loans was dramatically increased. Do you know what that's called? Premeditation. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting to me. The fact that they can change something like that eight days before something like this happens so that after a disaster like this happens and people need to go and they need to borrow money. Now they just created entirely new avenues for them to borrow money through the government. This is the government approving people, right? This is government manipulation of markets. Racketeering, this, man. Racketeering. Yeah. This, this is everything that we, we talk why about. We trust in FEMA or Red Cross, because again, yeah. once you sign certain paperwork, if land is deemed a certain something, it's almost like you just sold everything over or you're in debt to those people. So you gotta be very aware um, and we're doing our best to get that information out there to the best of our ability. So again, anyone who is watching or can help in any way who have the know, because this is not the first time something like this has happened. This is the other thing. So anyone that can help us though, because our state is bound by different laws. And as much as we wish that things were across the boards, it's not. So we fight through a different type of system here. Um, I've said this before, we were worse than New York, we were worse than California, but no one really talked about us because we're this little tiny island. I think people need to start waking up to really what's happening on these islands, why it's so special, why people want it, what is so valuable about it, and what they're actually doing to the people in the local community. I mean, even just understanding the history of the coup, taking over, you know, uh, our queen, and locking her up and you know stealing this land this is this is the mo and this is what our government's done multiple times and then when we have all this taxation where we're supposed to be getting all this federal funding or doing these types of things taxation without representation how is it that ukraine just got a large amount of money sent out literally today while maui people still have nothing why was maui people tied to that contract Oh, if we send money out to Ukraine, then we can allow Maui money as well. Why is Ukraine even put together in the same sentence with what's happening here? Um, 
those are red flags. We need to expose that. It is corruption at its finest. And I, I encourage everyone to keep digging deeper, ask more questions. Don't get too caught up in um, everything, everything, if you will, because once you go down a rabbit hole, sometimes you can get a little lost. I need people to stay focused on the exposure that we can do and holding government officials accountable. Bottom line, we need factual evidence, proof of everything and take action from there. No, I mean, you, you have a very uh, logical approach, uh, Jessica. And what you brought up before too, about this being tied into Ukraine and everything else like that too, um, that now that somehow that any type of money may be caught up in this, like even FEMA money, like we're, which we're not supposed to be cheering for. I mean, and just regardless, but still, like instead of you're fighting over scraps of whatever with the government, and this is going to be caught up in their money making. Let's be honest here. Bezos just donated how much money? Okay, and who did it go to? Yeah. To where? To exactly. what? To influence just what? All that goes into the ether, right? It <laughs> the way that blows my it. mind. That's the hardest part for me. And that's why I'm like, why is Oprah waiting to donate to who, to why, for what, for what influence? I mean, they're saying it, they're doing it. You guys need to pay attention to this, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, TMZ's got, uh, I guess, Oprah doing photo ops and stuff like that at, at shelters and everything. So that, that's good, I guess. CN. And like I said, though, that they have a zoning block right now where they're um, basically taking away our First Amendment. I don't mind promotions. Don't get me wrong. In the yeah. sense, you know, knowledge is power, information's power. So even if it's someone who I don't even like, who's, you know, even just talking about us, that's great. Yeah. But look, how many influencers and how many people online tagging her for to her to even show up? Oh, yeah. And what did she do? It's for me personally. Yeah, I do feel like it's photo ops. I do feel like, again, it's the same with our governor, everyone else. They want this praise. They want to show that they're doing good work. But let's be honest here. Paul Romero was just on. He opened up his home. He housed how many people he doesn't even know. He has a tent city going on in his backyard. Why is she not doing the same? Oprah's got a pillow for you, though. Pillows are sweet. But then you have her minions also defending her because I really do think that, you know, we forget she lives in Kula. It's uh, that got set aflame. And we do have intel of a firefighter who cannot can't go on the record, won't go on the record. But I will say a reliable source who basically someone called the shot, which is the fire chief to relocate from Lahaina. They said that it was 100 percent contained. They knew it was not relocated to Kula protected more of that. That's agricultural land and more of the rich and elite. So Oprah's house was saved, certain houses all up there, completely fine. Um, not to say that there are still not issues in Kula or devastation. That's not what I'm saying. But why did that happen? Yeah. Why did they leave Lahaina when they did? So we got to really start thinking about this. Who called that shot? And if you're a stakeholder, and you have a system in place, of course they're going to protect those people because that's the call from the higher-ups because you're a slave to that system. No doubt. I mean, mm -hmm. I I will say this, that uh, TMP will talk to any whistleblower that wants to talk about what happened there. Firefighters, first responders, anybody that wants to talk about that stuff, we'll, we'll gladly have you. Uh, Lisa, 
what are the final takeaways that you want people to have from this episode? I mean, this has been, this has been amazing, but what, what do you want people to take from this? Wow. Episode? Well, I, I just have to say, you know, hats off to you, Jessica, you are an inspiration. Um, my heart goes out to you and, uh, Please, anything that we can do, I'm here and uh, we'll help in whatever ways I can. And, uh, you know, Jessica has been so articulate about that the real focus is about finding the answers to these quest to these real questions, okay? it uh, This is real inquiry. And... Um, Listen, I just like to say thank you, Jessica, for all you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. Can't stop, won't stop. And on top of it, though, I always give glory be to God first and foremost. And thank you for allowing me to just be a vessel in all of this. This is what I like to say as well, because it's not just a me thing. It's a unity thing. And I can't do anything without all of you, without the connections that we made and the people. Bottom line. You got to have courage. You got to have faith. And in all reality, this is a spiritual war and it's good versus evil. And let's just make sure that we're on the right side of history with the good. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, I'd say that my final takeaways from this would be very similar. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being in our audience this evening. Uh, we had a tremendous audience. Uh, we had a great chat. Uh, huge shout out to Chris Graves for supplying a lot of the articles that will be in this week's source list, along with you, Lisa. Thank you, Jessica, for all the links that you provided. Uh, folks out there, I have Jessica's Instagram in the description of this video, and it will be included in every one of the replays as well if you're listening to those. So make sure to check out um, her Instagram because that's, Jessica, where you have most of the links for all the different charities that you'd recommend people checking out. Yeah, and I did create a Maui highlight because I was asked to do that. I just did that today. So if you're really wanting to get, truth be told, the people on the ground, ground zero, the people who are really relaying what's going on, the relief efforts, by all means, please go to that highlight. I have put everything into that highlight that is, I believe, the most imperative information of truth tellers. So that's what we need. That's the messages that we want to spread. That's what we need to keep doing. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to have to get my ass a telegram too so I can take part <laughs> yeah. in some of this stuff. That's the one uh, thing I haven't messed around with yet. There's a couple of them. Signal's a good one too, though. You know, pick one. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to get an IG. <laughs> I mean, you can still get created to the sources and there's plenty of people who just have their bot accounts, if you will, to just view things. So do whatever you got to do to just get the information. But I will say social media has been our biggest outlet because, again, we're being censored. There are videos also being taken down. Be aware of that. So if you feel a video is important, I do highly encourage record, save to your phone, um, especially if it's important intel. And then on top of it, start reading the comments. Um, the comment section is pretty interesting in a lot of these feeds as well. Um, and that's also how we're getting connected to more people and just getting the truth out there. You well, know, I can't even tell you how many times that's defeated some BS <laughs> that I've seen floating around, you know, as far as like having like a viral video that's going around and then I'll go and read the comments and then somebody will immediately be like, no, this is from a completely different area. Like one of the ones that was floating around, I, I saw that was like of Transformers blowing up there 
wasn't actually there. It was like from Texas in 2014 or some shit. So it was like 20, just, 2018. We've had we've had these false images go out. And let me tell you guys, I I've been labeled with my you know tinfoil hat plenty of times, but I'm gonna tell you, it hurts the cause if you do not research completely and just take something and just share it as opposed to really knowing where it comes from. I know it takes work, but I will tell you COVID times taught me more than anything is I have to research everything before I send it um, because it only hurts us more. So we don't want people to use that. And I'm not trying to say, oh, people aren't always correct in whatever the case may be. But the image that went out is not of Maui. We need to be real clear on that. And um, we just need to keep being truth tellers. You know, conspiracy theorists, for the most part, are truth tellers. But don't forget to you know, don't get lazy. Just go ahead. I mean, it takes work. We're all doing the groundwork here. We're doing a lot of work. The least you guys can do before sharing something is research it yourselves. And that gives you the power too. critical thinking skills. Emulate that. Be the people that you want to see. Because right now we have a lot of people who just follow. We don't mind people who do that as well. Everyone plays a role. But sharing misinformation only hurts the cause and got to think about that always needs to be backed by something so those comment sections are helpful yeah. um and educational for the most part and give you something to actually research as well to just verify those kinds of things but everything that i have in my maui section are basically groundwork people who are assisting people who i trust um, our true patriots and have been fighters for our freedom and our rights for I don't even know how long. So I've never seen so many locals, though, rise up on a greater scale. And it's been a beautiful thing. And we have some amazing people we've connected with and really doing God's work, if you will. So um, like I said, government's not coming to save us, guys. So I hope all of you guys are stocking up on whatever you need to, to prep, because if a fire ever broke out where you're at, do you have one bag that you can grab? Do you have a system in place? Do you have a safe place? Do you have a network of people? Do you have walkie talkies, generators, whatever the case may be? These are things that I, d I think more than ever I'm thinking about even now. Yeah. Oh, and also a way to evacuate on foot. Not yes. just relying on getting out of there by car. Yes, 100%. And then your safe havens too, you know, like I'm like, there's places here where we have people who have higher property land, people who have collected, you know, dry foods already a year supply, like you name it, because during COVID times, we were so scared to be shut off from the entire world. Because think about it this way, Lahaina had no reception. They had no way of communicating. That can happen to any of you. So sometimes investing in those walkie-talkies, having those resources, you'd be surprised. You never know when something's going to happen. And people, again, talk about prepping, but prepping to a certain extent and protecting yourself and, you know, finding your tribe. Please find your tribe. And that'll allow you to become a hero in those instances, too. Yes. Like there's a lot of us out there that would love and would even, you know, opt to give themselves for something to save people in these situations. But you can't do that if you can't sustain yourself, if you don't have access to resources, if you don't have communication lines and other things like you mentioned, Jessica. Lisa, you're going to say something. Yeah, this shows the importance of DIY media.
We are. That's who. We have to be the media. Yeah. Don't rely on the major media outlets for anything. That Just like you wouldn't rely on the government or FEMA or the Red Cross or anything to, to save the, your ass. The media sets a narrative to set an image out to tell their story. Their story is not always the truth and honestly, usually far from it. And don't forget who owns 90% of American media. Think about this, guys. There's only six corporations. Two are merging soon. They are delivering you guys information to funnel and to manipulate the mind of the truth and to make you feel crazy, to make you feel like what you're saying is not true or literally what you're experiencing on the ground, what we're hearing from people over there. Or even that, out of one out of two dumb sides because they present a false argument to you that there's only two ways to think about a situation. And that, that's completely untrue. It's, yeah. it's completely untrue. And honestly, guys, start thinking outside the box, you know? And if you feel it in your gut, like I, I'm an empath, so I have a gut feeling like it comes to me and I listen to it. I've learned to not question it. If something feels suspicious or something's not right, trust that gut. Go with that. Start researching things. Educate yourselves. Protect yourselves. Protect your families. Um, we're just we're just a small example of what is to come. And people always say, oh, it'll never happen to me. Well, guess what, everyone? It's, it's happening. Everything is happening right now, and your rights are slowly being taken away left and right. Laws are getting passed. They are superseding our constitutional rights, and you guys need to be aware of that because you do have that power, and the people do. And if we can get 1% of us, just 1% to rise up, we defeat those elitists. So remember, they fear us. So they instill the fear to make us comply. So always have that courage, trust that gut, and protect yourself and your loved ones. Well, we'll be talking to uh, John W. Whitehead, who's a constitutional lawyer, about that very thing that you mentioned, too, about our Constitution being under attack. And mm -hmm. it's something that I've, I've picked at with other people, too, in this movement and people even that, you know, that they respect the Constitution for what it is, but they're more anarchists, so they wouldn't abide by it anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I, would, I would love to get into that more with you at other times, too, Jessica. You're an amazing, amazing <laughs> character. Uh, I could talk to you for ages. I know that you're busy and you got stuff to do and you got way more important things uh, to tend to to help people. Um, what if any other plugs or anything that you want to put out there for the audience to hear things where people can go, G even good news organizations like you've uh, you've dealt with a couple independent news organizations in your area before that are they covering this? They yeah. So right now, Maui Freedom TV currently is actually out of the country and Hawaii okay. Free Speech News is currently in Kauai and moved over there. And so we are trying to get our independent media back up and running, if you will. Um, okay. But just be aware that right now our media is sharing just the personal stories and then getting that out there. There is Hawaii News Now, um, and that is on Instagram. And I believe also Hungry Hungry Hawaiian. Now that page can be a little funky sometimes because they show the nitty gritty of Hawaii and not always the pleasant things. Um, but Hawaii News Now, I think, is probably more 
better source, if you will, that is taking clips of the media that's happening here and then also revealing truth and sharing personal stories. Um, I know the person personally and I trust them. So we just got to keep using our outlets. And like, uh, I mean, honestly, like Lisa said, we are the media. So you are the media, you guys, you, you share the stories. So again, um, we're trying to get more people on the ground to do that. But with the media restrictions as well, even if I brought my media pass, I would be rejected from several areas. So um, Maui, I believe there's a Maui News Now as I'm well. I'm surprised someone even gave you a media pass. You're a bad <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I got my international press pass. <laughs> there's Again, you cannot stop the people. And sometimes that That's gets right. you through the red tape, you know. And honestly, any of you could get that as well. If you have questions on that, let me know. I'll send you to the link. Get your awesome. own inf your get your own stuff because you can get through and it does help. So actually, please um, do send that. I would not, love to send not that to this my audience. One that you're, not this one that you're showing right now. It's oh. um hang on. Let me look up really quick because I want to make sure I'm putting it right. Because should I unfollow is Hawaii news, news report? Well, they they're a major media outlet. Jeremy Lee also is. So hang on. It's Hawaii news report. My apologies. Okay. Okay. I'm going to the IG realm. So then that way I can help you guys. So I'll put it in here at Hawaii news report. And then um, one of our few people who actually has helped cover certain stories for us out here. His name is Jeremy Lee. And he works for KITV, and he is actually. Oh, I'm already following I'm, them because I think he is that... a good man too. So Jeremy, let's see, Jeremy Reporter, and he is actually yeah. on the ground as well at Jeremy Reporter. And these are the people. And then I'm going to put one specific local man who is. Honestly, he, his goal is to be a lawyer as well. Um, You froze up. Oh no. <laughs> Hawaiian internet folks. Um, Lisa, are you still there? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay. All right. We lost her here. Let me, uh, let me kill the screen share here. I'll uh, send her a message that she dropped out. I'm sure she's aware, but um, folks in the chat, people listening, this is, this has been, Lisa, how do we even describe this night? I mean, we've talked to people on the ground before doing things, but to this extent, and even to be joined by Paul there that was helping in the relief effort. So here we go. We got her back. Sorry. I, no, no worries. I'm like multitasking and trying to get you guys intel and <laughs> it's okay. I'm doing it all by phone. <laughs> you are doing it all too. It's, it's unreal. Um, I can actually look up the other gentleman that you mentioned before. Um, cause I found the Hawaii oh, news report man. and I, I bookmarked that for the, this week's source list. So, okay. And then going. that I put it in the chat. That's the gentleman who okay. he is local. He is housing people. He is ground zero going in and out of Lahaina getting, he, we're actually getting him stuff and then getting it in. Um, but his story I recommend everyone following from the first report he gave, and you're going to see his transition of the reality that's happening. And if you really want the truth, he goes deep into it. Um, and you this can tell right his here? heart and soul is into it. Yes. Okay. He is a very good man and he is 
ground zero, helping everyone the best that he can. He is from that area and on top of it. His grandma was in Lahaina. He saved his grandma and he is housing multiple people and he is just a truth teller. So if you watch all of his videos, I can guarantee you're going to get way more insight. And even our own governor messaged him because he went viral. So um, he is someone to definitely follow to get more intel on what's happening on the ground. Yeah, I'll I'll reach out to him. I would love to hear his story. You said he saved his grandmother. Yeah, he went to Lahaina to go rescue his grandmother. And he also had a fear of leaving Lahaina because once you left Lahaina to get back in was a situation, but he had to go get medicine. And it's just, I mean, the stories that these people are telling you guys, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. And his story, if you go back to the very first incident and look at that timeline, you'll see. And he is a good man and he is so well spoken too. So he will communicate the truth. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I mean, just we've met such incredible people here tonight because of you, Jessica. You are yourself an incredible person. Thank you for being here. Um, Everyone listening now, um, please contact. Jessica, with any type of uh, emergency information or other things that uh, can be done to help provide any type of aid um, in her area, especially if anyone's watching or listening to this out in that area, get with your community, get with the people in your community that are putting out the signal that they're willing to do something to help here. Uh, If you feel so compelled, if you got something, whatever drives you, whatever you want to, you know, uh, say it's from, okay, Uh, we don't have to debate about that now. But uh, go go chase down people like Jessica and find ways to help them. I'm, I'm sure this is overwhelming. I'm sure that this is an emotional thing. And I'm sure that the mourning process for what happened here hasn't even really begun. Um, this is something that's going to be studied. This is something that's going to be talked about for decades, if not hundreds of years. And I hope that people, when they go back and they look at what was happening during this time, when it was actually going on, and people were trying to do something about it that people can find these conversations and they'll be able to find this source list and everything that we can put together today. So, um, and thank you six for having me on for giving me a outlet, a voice, and then also sharing news because again, we need more people like you who are willing to expose the truth, get people on, share it. And, you know, just help the community and help our people. You know, that's what we need to do. Keep uniting. So well, I, I don't want to just, I pay much appreciated and everything. I, I don't want to destroy Lisa's sleep schedule, but I'm usually okay. a night owl. Um, Hawaii time differences to the East coast and everything's a little weird, right? Yeah. We're six, almost six eight years. So I totally yeah. get it. I love you guys. I appreciate you. You all have a great night and thank you so much. No problem, Jessica. And hey, we'll have to definitely do this again. And anybody else that wants to jump on TMP to tell people what's up is more than welcome to from your crew. Okay. Thank you you everyone for being here. Uh, Hit the like button. Share this conversation, please. Um, Get this conversation out to people that need to hear it, folks. Um, There's a lot of shit out there, like Jessica was talking about, that people are sharing around. I want them focused on the stuff that they can do more in the immediate. As our friend Tiger says, the terra firma what we can do this was an amazing thing that we did tonight together uh my friend lisa um thank you very much for being here too um everything that you contribute to tnp it's it's really awesome to be able to uh 
hang out with you anytime. And um, folks out there, thank you all to the new uh, followers that I see out there. Guys, we were we were setting viewer records before we even started this thing uh, as far as that's concerned. And I can't wait to get this out to uh, even more people. Hopefully our, our friends out there in the alternative media want to check this kind of stuff out, Lisa, and um, spread the word far and wide about people like our friend Jessica and others that we had here tonight. Paul Synergy. and Sarah. Absolutely. Hey, that, that's what I was listening to on AIM Wake Up. We have, you have Tease there. He's got conspiracy synergy going on. You've been talking about the synergy. There's something going on. There's a reason why we're all mixed up with one another. There's a reason why we're all here doing this. Uh, and if you're listening to stuff like this, there's a reason why you are too. Uh, be part of the TMP crew. Uh, join us for TMP Live this Friday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, hopefully we get some more listeners out from Hawaii from this. Uh, that's really early for you all. I don't mind if you catch the replays, but I would love to see some Hawaiian names in the rumble chat while we're, uh, having these discussions on Friday too. So, but, uh, Lisa, my friend, let's, uh, let's go to bed or something. <laughs> I'm going to go grab something to eat, man. I'm starving. It's two o'clock in the morning. My stomach's grumbling. Hey, I I'd hang with you anytime, man. Well, when you when you are bright eyed and bushy tailed and caffeinated tomorrow, I'm sure your family's gonna really appreciate me. <laughs> You're hey. gonna be in rare form. Hey. <laughs> no, all good in the hood. Thank you. Absolutely, folks. Well, here, um, until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>